Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Bottom of the Bill. We got our boy Shane Platten on today. Howdy. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, yeah man, man. Thanks for doing it. What side of town do you live on? You live over in the west side? or No, I'm over in Bay Meadows. You're now. in Bay Meadows? Yeah. Like south side, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, not that big of a try. Before we get started, everything to do obligatory cheers. What are you drinking, bub? I like that. Tequila. Yeah. Straight up tonight. Some Herdura? Not, some Herdura. All right. Cheers, cheers. bub. Cheers. Cheers. And also, you want to... Uh, I forgot to do it in the last episode to thank our sponsors from previous episodes and whatnot. So I'm going to do it on this one. Uh, shout out to Spliffs, Captain Jack Smokehouse up in Fernandina, uh, Brews here in Riverside, Wicked Barley Brewing out in, uh, in Mandarin, uh, Harleston Green Scotch, a great scotch company here in Florida that um, who we had some of their stuff uh, was a few months ago now, and it was I amazing. I had a sip of it, and then somebody had an entire rest of the I bottle. I drank the whole bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, and then uh, Did you tell him how it was? Like, no, I got uh, a sip of it. Oh, okay. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was very, it was it very was really good. good. Uh, and then a uh, sidecar uh, over in San Marco who hooked us up with Harleston Green. So shout out to all those guys. Make sure you're supporting, especially right now. It's people's service industry and everybody's having a real hard time. So support all these places. Some. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if you heard there's something going around. Yeah, I heard yeah, I heard, I heard something going around. <laughs> <laughs> it's that road work. It's a ro- <laughs> Man, I had a I had a my 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 papa uh uh he's 94 years old and he calls me all the time. Uh he he was telling me it's like, "Well, I'm thinking about going down to the VA for poker night, but I don't know, everyone's telling me to go inside or stay inside. Is there is there Something going around. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Papa, stay inside, please. It's, you're 94. It's don't go outside. He's, he's 94 and lives in like the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Hey, so he easy. actually doesn't know that there's something <laughs> going around. Doesn't have cable or internet. So no. he actually just doesn't know that there's something going around. That's he's hilarious. That's awesome. He's probably fine. Here's to you, Papa. He's probably, oh, he's definitely fine. I mean, he lives no, in a community fine. of what, like t- a thousand people? Easy. So it's yeah. like, you know, of course yeah, they're so fine. They all got <laughs> each other's germs anyway. He should go to the VFW, play I some mean, cards. If you go far enough back, they're probably all from the that's same he parents. Does. He's one of Tommy Poker, and that's why I take all your money, and you still owe me $10. Uh, I do owe you $10. That's still, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's let's be clear. You don't take all my money. You beat me like twice. You're implying that all of his money is $10. Oh yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want right? I don't want to dip into his four hundred one k. Well, I mean, we are, we are, we are musicians. We've been out of work since March. So well, yeah, Billy's yeah, got yeah. a day job though. So nice shit. You know. Yeah, I got a I got are a you, job. Don't brag. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. It's He's got a fat four hundred one k. I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I will say I'm doing okay. Anyways, uh, speaking of being a musician, Shane uh, is a bass player. For those who don't know, Shane's a bass player for several bands around town. A, a very um, reliable hired gun, and also the bass player for the Melody Trucks band. Uh, so and has played with us many times, and and yeah. we frequent frequented. His jam as many times. So Shane, uh, tell us, man, how'd you get started? But why? Why did you pick bass? Well, um, I had uh, tried to play guitar from a really young age, and I it just never clicked with me. And I loved guitar, and um, I started playing bass violin. I'd been in a choir as uh, like a nine year old kid, and touring regionally around Oklahoma with a group called the Tulsa Boy Singers, and we would do secular and uh, religious arrangements depending on the time of the year are you from oklahoma i am oh no shit Tulsa, I didn't know oklahoma that. really i played in tulsa one time it's an interesting town i like it yeah it's, it, it reminds me of jacksonville without an ocean right like it's a little big town with a million or more people and 
small towns around it. I ain't never been, but it seems nice. That's not bad. It's also, you know, I'll tell you what, I, uh, there's a song that says, I've never been to heaven, but I've been to Oklahoma, but my wife does not agree with that. Uh, well, <laughs> I've only been to two places it's in okay. Oklahoma, and that's Tulsa, which is cool, and then Lawton, which is just a casino in the yep. middle of the desert. <laughs> and they didn't even used to have a casino. Really? Yeah. Oh, you, you're familiar with yeah, Lawton? Yes. Then? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no offense to Lawton. It was. It, no. I had a great time when I was there, and I and I and I really enjoy those like small desert towns. But I mean, that is t- they've I'm, got like a, like like they've got like an intersection and then if, a casino. If I didn't have to, and and it's like now with like all the venues closed down, it's like why am I still living in a city? Yeah. Like why am I not out at Lawton, Oklahoma? Why am right. I not in on a mountain or? Like away from everything. True, yeah. You know? That's what we were. One hundred percent down. My earlier. my retirement plan is to move into a uh, 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 tundra in Wisconsin. I like it. I, I can't. You're the only person to say that. No, I see, think, I like Bozeman, Montana, so much. I was there once on yeah. tour, and I was like, I, I could cool. absolutely. Yeah, wait, so, so you're telling me like Frank Zappa knew. So like summertime, <laughs> it's just like it's just summer, and it's like fun and uh, not disgusting, and you. Don't have to like you know be worried about every single bug on the planet. You're gonna make my wife want to move to Wisconsin now. I, I'm moving to Wisconsin. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's my retirement. We were talking about my retirement yeah. plan, but I played at a bar in, in Wausau, Wisconsin, and uh, they were their claim to f- fame was having the highest uh, sales of um, Jameson in the entire country. That was their. What else is there to do? No, especially in Wausau, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else no, to I'll do. Fit in Real quick in Wisconsin, uh, the, uh, the that's the like it's like the top ten cities, are like the most like uh, uh, alcoholic or drinking cities. Like seven of them are Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. It's it's <laughs> because it gets We're, it just gets. So cool. We apologize to Wisconsin right now. Their yeah. city council and um, I I like Wisconsin. I I'm just I'm saying I like I Wisconsin I too. I've never been. I'm just like yeah, I'm moving there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, well, it's, it's not kinda, bad. It's kind of why I, I like. I like snow. From there's not an ocean there. I, I'm he doesn't a, like I'm the afraid ocean. of the ocean. Oh, he just said he hated the ocean. I'm afraid of it. I don't hate it. You I can still really come pretty. see him. He's the non-surfing beach boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't surf. I can't surf. And then I'm also either. deathly afraid of fish. Yeah. So I'm out. <laughs> so like being, being like having that I don't fake like vegetarian diet is out. Oh, uh, I am the, the farthest away from vegetarian. <laughs> I have like a steak. No, I'm a vegetarian food. except I eat canned tuna. You d- no, Wait. I'm not. Okay, that's what I said. That's a really good joke. No. <laughs> From the tuna tree. Um, so. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so you're, you're from Tulsa. Yeah, but so then yeah, I played bass violin, and uh, bass violin just clicked with me, and um, so I, uh, I was into a lot of extracurricular things as a kid, and my parents were like, okay, you have a sister who's also into extracurricular things. Pick two. And so I chose bass and vocals, and it's worked out pretty good, you know? Hell, yeah. Well, I almost I, had the same problem. Like, I was trying to do everything, too, when I was a kid, and I played viola. Nice. But I never got past pizzicato. Oh, yeah? No, I never got a bow or anything like that. Oh, well, that, that's when you get legato. Ugh. Yeah. No, I'm really good at pizzicato. Or arco. Though. I guess you go arco. Didn't get that far. I don't know. But uh, and all all the classical people and all the bow people are like, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You play electric instruments. Yeah, that's what I did. Too. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just grew up playing classical piano. Yeah. That's the same way I did it too, and the choir in the church too, in the chorus. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you did. So you were a church musician first before you were anything. No, I wasn't. I didn't even. Um, I I was other than performing with the choir in certain churches as a kid. I uh, 
had no affiliation with any church until I moved to Jacksonville and uh, a guy named Larry Stafford brought Jimmy Hill by my house one night because he had heard me play bass. I had worked at Pro Music and had this little funk band with two bass players called uh, the Loose Booty Orchestra. I love that, man. And uh, we had a guy from Haiti that played congas and percussion. We had like kind of a hard rock guy on drums and heavy metal guy on guitar that was just the reincarnation of, you know, Dimebag Daryl. But I locked him in a room with Sly and the Family Stone. I'm like, don't even come out of this room until you can give me <laughs> chink, 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 chink. And, um, and it worked. It's like we had a really cool band that we got to play one time at Club Five a long time ago. And then everybody moved away. And But um, – I know what I got to do for Billy now, so he can learn the function. I just got to lock him in a room. Lock him in a room. Family Stone. Like I'm not. Don't even Jokes come out. on you. I liked being locked in a room, and I've been locked in a <laughs> room. But for you 10 hate years. funk music. That's I the point. I don't hate funk music. I just I'm admitting now that I cannot play it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would not agree with that. I've played with you. You're pretty funky. Is it by accident? <laughs> 100 percent by accident <laughs> and only for for me torturing him for the last three years of being in this band and like forcing him to listen to funk on the road because we have to listen to shit on the road and it's like oh just just do that bro in, in yeah, billy's defense i d- don't mind playing boston when i sit in with the uh side hustle band because what you guys might not know is that uh they're an incredible boston cover band <laughs> and that is that is a compliment. I I feel like that's a little bit of a side jab. But no, it's not a side jab. A little I, bit. Hey man, I love I love playing um, long time, and uh, and foreplay and foreplay. Foreplay, foreplay is more fun there. than playing long time. Foreplay is uh, uh, it's 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 up there as one of the hardest, at least you know, rock songs on keyboard. It's cool, man. Foreplay is my favorite part. Yeah, of, of course, I would agree with that. Yeah, mine too. As a bass player, the rest <laughs> of it is like. I'm killing that one note. F the whole time. That's a lot of 80s bass lines, though. Like, oh, yeah. That's some Journey, too. Yeah. Big time. I although, like Journey. Although, um, uh, what's, what's, I, I'm so terrible with song names, but um, what's the Journey tune, the famous one, Jesus Christ? Oh, um, Let It Be. Yeah. <laughs> that, the bass line in, in that tune is pretty cool, though. It um, is. The baseline? Are you talking about Ace of Spades? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Did you know? Did you did you know? And uh, I didn't realize this. I can't remember the names of our own songs. Uh, uh, for Journey, uh, uh, the original uh, piano player for Journey that did like uh, Wheel in the Sky and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. He was from Santana. He did. He wrote all the songs for Santana. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Nobody knows that. You know, Steve Smith, the drummer from Journey, is like a ridiculously amazing jazz drummer as well. What's the difference? No, I do know that. He plays with like uh, like uh, Mike Stern and uh, that's the difference. Okay, yeah. that's the difference. <laughs> you don't Billy, play with Mike Stern, you're not a jazz drummer. Billy doesn't know anything about jazz. I do know how to play jazz. It's very easy. You just play all the wrong notes, and, but do it twice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's how the greatest songs in the world were written. Yeah, yeah. that's why they always have they tag it. I have, yeah. I have I have I had this weird theory about jazz is that somebody uh uh started doing it and then everybody else was like yeah this is great and he's like i don't know what i'm doing so you don't like <laughs> funk, you don't like funk music and you don't like jazz i, I wouldn't listen to it now yeah uh, uh as far as like learning something that's a lot different like it, it's challenging and uh when actually uh for example when we uh played with joe marcinac yeah and i had to learn funk you just rub it in that, like you guys played with him and he didn't call me and sean to play with him <laughs> 
That's all right, Joe. I can't wait till the next time, though. I really <laughs> that was like one of the high points. Though I, I don't know what to tell you. I he called me. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought am. thought we were all friends. Like we couldn't have just. You know, that's okay, man. <laughs> it's all good, dude. No, come on, tell me some more about your Joe Marcinek. Yeah, Joe Marcinek, uh, 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 hell of a guy. I was. Did he, no, did he tell you you were a jazz funk player? No, in fact, he told me uh, uh, I need to lay back because uh, I'm always uh, on the beat. Or on top of the beat. On top of the beat. Sorry, okay. never in the pocket. That's never a, in the pocket. That's a. That's a. a Is that what he? Billy no, he never, he never said that. He he just said it's like when when we start when when I start playing like just just, just stop playing. Or just don't play so loud. He said, "Because like Billy just." I think like, that's an excellent lesson, like right there, like young musicians. If you're listening and somebody else is soloing, don't play so much. Exactly. Don't play so much, and no, just yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and just bring your dynamic down too. Yeah. Like Billy just like hammers the keys well, the entire time. Here's what no. you and yet you allow him to be in your band. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, am, it's just it's a lot of fun to rag on him, though. You am, know what I mean? And the band also. And then secondly, okay. uh, uh, I uh, uh, the whole reason why I I didn't even notice I was doing it as I was I was so nervous because I I, I I wanted to like impress Joe. I was like for some reason like I was like I'm gonna try really really hard at this, and then like I, I got on stage and he's like. Bro, like, I was the same. I probably overplayed when I played with him as well. He's fantastic, and I, I, I probably was like, I'm going to show him what I got. Okay. And it, it happens, man. <laughs> it, it does, yeah. I mean, you it know, doesn't matter how old you get. It happens. Like, yeah. I was just, yeah, exa- that's exactly what happened. Why'd you though? learn all those notes if you don't get to play them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I say all the time. I, I, so so Anton, enough. he was telling me he's the hustle and you're the side. Is that true? Oh, oh my goodness. There's so much great. coming to the surface right now. Oh, wait, I'll save that for the unpopular opinion. No, <laughs> yeah. No, we're doing we're, – yeah, we're doing a, got, a gotcha po- – well, uh, it's not a gotcha podcast for you, but it's just for Tony. For me, yeah, what? for me. Okay. Uh, so Jesus. Billy's like the, the huh. You know what I mean, and then like and you're the soul. I'm the soul of the uh-huh. band. Okay, you know what I mean. All right, so that, that was pretty good. I, I'm, I'm. You just come just, up with that? I just did. did. You write bumper stickers for I a living? Just, you know, I'm. I just got it. You know that so thing that these people have. I just got it. You got two other sets of two letters and two other musicians. So who is the psi and who is the D? <laughs> this is, this, there's a lot of implications in there. That, I have uh, nothing to do with that. Uh, that is pretty funny. That if I'm the huh and you're the soul, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give I don't know. Aaron's probably the D. <laughs> and then yeah, because because uh, Sean's Sean, the side. Sean, when his songs come on, you're like sigh. Sean is Sean's got got. Got That's some hilarious. good tunes. I like Sean's tunes. <laughs> I know he. Does. I, I'm I'm messing with him. Uh, I'm causing all the problems. And all all the those like, side hustles breaking up. After so this if you podcast. guys need a band that's not breaking up, uh, <laughs> my name's Shane Platten. <laughs> I see what you, I see what you came here to do, bro. Oh, you came here to just like destroy the competition. <laughs> <laughs> you said it's like that Leo, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where you're just oh, like yes, there. Yes, you know yes, what I mean? That yes, face. Yes, yeah. Now you have I'm my sorry. attention. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. So we got, um, we're a little derailed. No, it's par for the course in this podcast. No, it's good. It it's been it's been a while since we've had like a a, a a funny one where it's not just like straight to the point. But anyways, but back to the point. Oklahoma, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you're ba- right. So I'm I'm in Jacksonville, and then I've been playing with this funk band. I love funk music, and I had met a gentleman named Larry Stafford when I was working at Pro Music in the '90s, and um. He brought Jimmy Hill by my house one day and said, hey, this this is Jimmy Hill, and he plays guitar. And uh, I've been wanting to meet Jimmy Hill for years, and nobody would introduce me to him. 
And they kept saying, oh, the way you play bass, you, you, you might really play well with Jimmy Hill. He's one of the best guitar players in Florida. And um, he showed up at my house and said, show me what you got. And I showed him what I got. And he said, well, I've got a small church band. And um, if you want to show up, we've got a gig here in a couple of weeks on uh, BET on the Bobby Jones Gospel Show. No, What? And um, I said, okay. And I was cocky. I was like 23 years old. And I showed up, and Javon Hill was 12 years old on keyboards, and Boo Hill was 16 on drums, and Alex Hill is 18 on keyboards, and Freddie Austin's over there on guitar, and there's like 16 singers, and that's his little church band, yeah, and these are his little, kids, little band, yeah. and they, you see them now, you see what they're doing with MVP, and yeah. with... You know, some of them play with split tone and some of them, you know, they've done all this stuff all over the world. And at 12 and 16 and 18, I had to go home and practice <laughs> and shed. And I thought I was really good back then. I mean, I could play fast. I was funky. But you um, play a lot of notes. You learn a lot of notes. So you could play them. That's it, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, you know, I and play all the notes. I loved I loved all the funky guys. I loved Parliament. I loved. Larry Graham and Graham Central Station Hell and yeah. the Brothers Johnson Fuck and yes. uh, but I was also a huge Chili Peppers fan and Suicidal when Robert Trujillo was in the band and Infectious Grooves and but then I, I got all my chops from learning Iron Maiden songs because Steve Harris is just a beast on on a four string guitar so like I th that was always a dare like I bet you can't learn an Iron Maiden song like, like okay I'll try you know so that's that got my speed up. And then I got with these guys and um, learned so much from Jimmy Hill as far as how, how music works like clockwork and how there is machinery to music. And if the bass is doing this, well, the keyboard's doing this. And the bass should lock up with the kick and the, the hi-hat or the kick and the snare. But these, if one keyboard's doing this chord, well, then this other keyboard shouldn't be doing those chords. The keyboard should be doing incidentals. Exactly. And if yeah. one guitar player is playing big, fat power chords, the other guitar player shouldn't be playing fat power chords. And unless they're playing in harmony, you shouldn't be soloing together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, somebody says, bump, bump, ba-da-da-dump, ba-da-dump, ba-da-dump, bump, bump, ba-da-da-dump. And then all of a sudden, it's working and there's a song. And yeah. that's... That was my start of music, really, really, in Jacksonville. Kind of like understanding it anyways. And, yeah, and I played with those guys for about seven years. and That's a lesson right there, man. It was. Awesome. It was boot camp, man. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good question to ask. Like, when did you start, when did you start understanding how to play in a band? I, I would say... Um, but that sounds like that's the answer. Look, learning songs off of an album if yeah. you learn them the way that they are on the album yeah then you learn how to play your part in that band yeah and something i learned when i was a kid i was like 16 or 17 we were in jazz band in high school and this guy named paul mcgee lived in the same apartment complex i lived in and he was the original drummer for bob wills and the texas playboys and he had played drums with elvis and I was 17 and we hit it off talking about Jocko and talking about jazz. And he's like, hey, do you know uh, some little slick guitar player we can get on this jazz festival? And I'm like, yeah. So I have a buddy that was I was in high school with. And I'm like, hey, let me tell you about this old man I just met. And so we started practicing as a country swing trio. 
which country swing is a sick form of jazz. Yeah, it sure is. I love it's, that stuff. It, you cannot fake it. And so me wanting to be a metal guy and wanting to be a funk guy and wanting to be a rock guy had to find some authenticity to play in front of these old men who have been doing this like at the Grand Old Opry and at Austin yeah. City Limits. And Jeez. so we ended up doing this little three-piece country swing trio, got on the jazz festival, Spyro Gyro was there. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's, but I mean, that's, I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's, there's a lot of styles of music I like to play, but I think about that time I started realizing I can I can love funk music and I'm I can be awesome at funk music or I can love heavy metal music and be awesome at heavy metal music. If I play that way in a country band, it's not going to work. Right. If I play that way in a jazz band, it's not going to work. Yeah. I can bring my my personality to whichever style I'm playing. Yep. Sure. But I think the most important thing it's like it's it's about the song. It's like I had to learn being a bass player not to solo through the whole song yeah that's what you know what i'm saying it, yeah. i had to learn okay and sean taunton will still tell me sometimes play bass man play bass <laughs> hi well, sean with you guys with you guys especially like uh, i wasn't getting this a little bit later but since we're kind of on it now uh with ginger beard and with dirty pete it's like you're a three-piece mm -hmm. so it's like and probably with with dirty pete uh less because matt does a you're playing like like songs that were written for like three pieces a mm -hmm. lot of the time, but like when you're playing with like Ginger Beard, where it's like it's really much more like uh, uh, rootsy kind of music. So it's like if you don't have organ or keys or certain things to fill the space up, it's like West on guitar. If he takes a solo, it might need more behind what's going on. You know, it's when well I when I started playing with Jimmy Hill, he's the one that told me I needed a six string bass. Like he's like my my music requires an extended range. I wound up with a six string. It's been my comfort zone since like the '90s. Now, um, I'd been a four string purist until then. Like, fit your finished jazz pure. bases. I, I got a P bass. Uh, a P, a P, yeah, yeah, okay. So real rootsy, but um, with um, I played with Wes Cobb, and um, we had we had a band with. At the biggest of the band, we had John Flood on sax, Jake McCain on guitar, Paul Delmar was on drums, later on Micromine was on drums, nice. John Davis, who went on to be a phenomenal jazz musician out of Manhattan, was on drums for a while. But there for a while, it was, um, we couldn't get a drummer to hang with us, and so it was me and Wes Cobb and John Flood, and that was the band because we all had rhythm. So Wes Cobb, as good as he plays guitar, acoustic guitar, his right hand is a drum. So when he's doing rhythm stuff, we just worked it out, and that's where I really got in tune with playing with a trio. So, okay, he's doing that rhythm stuff at that point, and if John's doing the more melodic stuff on the sax, well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the, the bass line but since I have a six string, I'll also reach over here and I'll, I'll grab a couple of these chord notes every once in a while just to round out the song. But the rhythm was there. there was, we never missed a drummer. We just added, it was just salt and pepper when we put a drummer with us. So once I started playing with, um, and I ended up doing a lot of like acoustic duo and acoustic trio stuff, but with, with uh, Matt, with Dirty Pete, it was a lot of times we'll do a song or we were doing songs that had 
five or six pieces in the original band. And so he would say, okay, I'm going to do these parts. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to do these parts. And so we would just kind of break it up and I might be doing half bass and half of a keyboard part. And, you know, but I have to tell you how I met Matt Matt Lukowski, dude. So, so for those who don't know, uh, Dirty Pete, and is that like that's is that you got that was was that your first project with him or, or you? My, no no that's, okay, that's so the crazy thing okay. so so fast forward from West Cobb band I ended up being in a band with uh, called Inca Maya which was with Matt Grondon and uh, the Sultan Mike Kanzler on drums Ivan Skeen was on keys I mean on guitar for a while uh, Andrew Block was on guitar for a while who ended up playing with Grammatic oh nice. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, that was an incredible band. We got to do a lot of festivals. We got to do Wani. We got to do Allman Brothers, Christmas Jam. I got to meet John Paul Jones and in that band, you know, because of being... I missed my wedding for that band <laughs> and got to meet John Paul Jones. <laughs> my wife was like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm like, but we're getting married. She's like, that's also... And that's that's awesome. Anessa Platten is the best wife ever because she let me... We postponed our wedding. Oh my god! <laughs> so I could do the Almond Brothers Christmas Jam, and I mean, dude, Joan Osborne was there, Ben Harper was there. Uh, I'm not judging. It was killer. <laughs> I got I got to eat dinner with Warren Haynes and, and John Paul Jones. How yeah, long man, ago was like, this? Is, uh, oh, back in like 2008. Okay, hell yeah, man, and that's amazing. It was, it was it was killer, and uh, that's so funny. Though. I was giving <laughs> Government Mule's bass player a hard time because I was sitting backstage and John Paul Jones is playing No Quarter. And I look over at him, and I'm like, bro, you've got to play. I was like, he's like, how crazy is it we got to meet John Paul Jones? And I'm like, I know, right? I'm like, you had to play his bass lines while he was <laughs> looking at it. Was it like, I know, right? Was it Alan Woody, or was he gone at, by that point? The, no, he was gone. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the Swedish guy who's in his, his band. Band now. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. But, um, yes, that was. It would have been cool to meet Alan Woody, though, too. Yeah. That, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, I was backstage, one of my first think of my gigs, and um, Warren Haynes' old uh, guy that worked with him, Brian Farmer, uh, before he passed, was like, hey, you want to check out Alan Woody's basses? And just started handing me all of I mean, Alan had passed. He's just handed me all of Alan Woody's basses backstage. This was the year that uh, Greg was sick at Wani. So it ended up being the Almond Brothers Family Jam, but that was my my first experience with that band was going on right before Government Mule. Wow! At Wani, you what, know. I'm so sorry. What was the name of the band? Incamaya. Incamaya. Okay, sorry. Yep. Yeah, Matt Grown is a fantastic guitar player and songwriter. Uh, that was the, that was the first band you were with, Matt. With Matt Gronin. Yeah. The way so it went from that to I was playing. I got to play with the Lee Boys. And was touring with them. Cool. I got to, to play with Roosevelt Collier and tour with him a little bit. Dope. I got to, uh, from that I ended up in the Yankee Slickers. I remember, yeah. Uh, and it was me and Jason Ivey and Paul Ivey and, um, and my brain. Is, the McWilliams. doesn't feed me. No, no. What? No. Uh, he's going to get mad. It's all right. You said like 40 names. I know, man. Anyway, <laughs> I know. Anyway, with the, like I said, it, was a, it was a long process. So after the Yankee Slickers, I ended up playing with Daryl Hance 
from Mofro and yeah. doing an album with him. Yeah. And going on the road and coming back. And Did you go um, with B? Huh? You went with B? No, no. Um, actually, Micromind played a little bit with us, and the Sultan went with us oh, on okay. one tour, and that was that was the big one. We went uh, what like eleven thousand miles in eight weeks or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before I before I joined Side Hustle, I was I had an audition for him, uh, uh, and I was gonna go on the road with Daryl Hans too. But I, I never even I canceled the audition. I was like, I've got f- fifteen different projects it was, going it was, on. I'll tell you what, being in the studio was me and him and um, Anthony Cole in the studio for that first album. That must have been amazing. It was great, Anthony. I got to because I got to play with Anthony with uh, Roosevelt as well. Right. Bit, you know. Yeah, he's such an he's such an like an animal of a drummer. Man, he's, he's amazing musician. Like he's a great bass player, yeah. sax player, yep. piano player, and singer. And I'm like, so fast forward. So I get off the road. Um, I've been just doing too much stuff. And now I don't really, really have a gig at this point. And wind up talking to Bradley Churchman and being in Bonnie Blue, the first, the first, like, first version of it. And um, Bonnie Blue was playing in Fly's Tie with Saltwater Grass. Back in the day, was Willis and Bonnie Blue at that point? No, no, okay. No. And it was it was me and uh, Brad Churchman and Jeremy on drums, and Mike Richardson on guitar. Eric Brigman played some keys with us a little bit. Sean Fafman played keys with us a little bit. Nice. And um, but I, I I'm supposed to wear glasses, and I wasn't wearing glasses. And I looked across the room at the flies tie, and I th- think I see somebody, and it wasn't him. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And it was Matt Lakowski. And I'd never met him before. <laughs> wow. But they were friends with, with some of the other guys in the band. And so we start talking, and I was playing my P bass. I'm like, no, I do more stuff than this. He's like, well, bro, I'm because well, he's like, oh, man, I'm playing with this guy that just came in second on America's Got Talent. And he's got this huge deal. And the only thing we're missing is a bass player. I'm like, cool, I'll do it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I've met him 10 minutes ago at this point. Yeah. And he doesn't know me from Adam. And, and but he saw you play. He saw me play, but not. He saw me play one style of music that is not the style. If you've ever seen Matt Lakowski play guitar, what I was doing was not what he was We're looking for. Right. Yeah. So um, we got together. We talked all that night. Two weeks later, my dad helped me buy, a, or my dad bought me a plane ticket. I flew to Boston with Matt. Met him two weeks prior, fly to Boston, hook up with this guy who had played um, violin and mandolin and harm- and uh, accordion with Hank Three, and we. Not pick- my language. Keep going. Yeah, we picked up this guy. <laughs> His name is Eli Matson, and we all drove to Maine. And uh, this, Why? the drummer had this <laughs> studio in his his house. Oh, okay. And we record this five song EP in Maine, and at so the time, weird. like. Dude, it's like everybody was hitting us up. There was all these gonna happens, like big record labels, big everything, and life happens. That stuff didn't didn't pan out the way it was supposed to. Matt and I were the only ones who lived in Florida, and we're just like, hey, you want to be in a band? <laughs> and uh, so we started Dirty Pete and the Thunder Chief. How long ago was that? That was in, um, God, 2000... 12? 2012. 2011 or 2012. 2012. 
And Brad Moxie played drums with us that was in Evergreen Terrace. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then he moved to Austin, and Sean had filled in for him when he was in Evergreen Terrace. Yeah, of course. And um, when Brad left, he was just like, hey, guys, Sean's your drummer. <laughs> like, that's... The, and I'm like, what? I mean, and like me and Sean are in three bands together right now, you know, with Melody Trucks Band and yeah, uh, Sean's great. We Gigi had him. Beard. He was like the one name. Of our first by the guest. way, the he name was of our first guest wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, our he first was. guest. Yeah. <laughs> Aim high, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 right, thanks. The name of our duo, uh, Sean and I's duo, is Thunder Buddies. Thunder Buddies. <laughs> Thunder Buddies. Yeah. What's the name of that movie? You can look the... forward to Thunder Buddies and the Lightning Bolt at some point. Thunderbolt and the Lightning Bolt. Yeah, but Thunder Buddies. Yeah. Yeah, that's me and Sean. We we play with enough so people. We had to have our own name. So just a drummer and a bass player duo. That's it. Well, we're just kind of a package. Oh, I see. You're a package deal. I got yeah. you. I thought you meant like you're just going to play said shows. Package after I said package. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought you guys were just going to play shows together as a drummer and a bass player at like bars around town. I was like, that's that's pretty much. How <laughs> it goes, I would see man. that. Well, like I know I would see that for sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you know who they are, then for sure. But if you don't know, you're just like a drummer and a no, bass player. No, but we're player. only going to do that. cover tunes, and then but we're <laughs> only going to sing the backup vocals and the <laughs> bass line and the real drum line. I fucking so it's like love there's this like idea. you're just going to have to fill it in. For yourself this is it's like an imaginarium oh my god i'm not sure it's like now it's coming now the foolish i'm not bad. trying to i'm not trying to say like heard. get rid of the bass because obviously that would be your job but if like a drummer just did that that would be even funnier <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> just like just, yeah i'm gonna play the drums for for fucking tom petty right now so this, you just figure it out you name the it's like this next one is every breath you take <laughs> Start playing the drums for every breath you take. And like maybe 10 no, he's just like, gonna come in at the end on the background vocal. <laughs> every move you make, every breath you take. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't any words. Oh, so wait, so it's just it's a drummer in I'll harmony. Be watching you. Solo solo drummer in harmony. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm there right, that's every show. Sean, Tom, Sean, if you're watching, the name of your new solo project is Solo Drummer in Harmony. Solo Drummer in Harmony. But it's just you. I'll um, think of a better name. That's fucking. That's fucking. <laughs> great, By the way, man. man, if you haven't seen Sean's new videos with uh, his, he's got a project called Appeal to Authority. No, I haven't seen it, dude. They're incredible. They're they, really good. They yeah. did a cover of a uh, Tool song. They've got a new cover coming Ooh. out. That's amazing. They've got. They're they're a great the band. Dude, Stan Montel, Larry Schroeder, Sean Ton. I don't know the guitar. Larry Schroeder's playing in it. Yes. Uh, so I, that's how I know Sean is that I work at Schroeder with them for uh, Schroeder's for like two years. But Larry's playing with them. Yeah, he's singing. Yeah. And they're great. Check really out Appeal good. to Authority. Yeah. I definitely plug, plug, that. plug, plug, plug. I haven't seen Larry in years. And um, Gingerbeard Man. Yeah, obviously Gingerbeard Man. I, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit and just because uh, we kind of just glossed over your studio experience with Anthony Cole and, and Daryl. And it's like, what was that like? That must have been an amazing experience. So I used to freak out in the studio. I especially like. Um, Ego is an incredible thing, and when you think you're, when you think you're, great confidence in is a, is an amazing thing. It's great to be confident. It's terrible to be arrogant. Exactly. And um, if you're a musician, you should have an ear, and you should know when you're making mistakes. And if people around you might be better than you or telling you like you need to come up or that you're making mistakes, it's like the hardest pill. You know, I mean, me and me and uh, Billy were just joking about that earlier about somebody saying what they wanted in the music that we were hired to play with them. And you might think that you're hired because you're this guy and known as this guy. And then in that but in that particular instance, they know because you can be this guy, 
you're probably great at being this guy. Exactly. Yeah, they can see that you're uh, uh, malleable. Yes. Words. Well, not even malleable, but just that you listen. So, you know, like, he knows if he gives you a solo, yeah. you're going to bring it. Yeah. But until then, you know, you're supposed to do your job. Exactly. So, having been in these studio situations and just, like, freaked out and sucked at playing with a click track. And, like, that's another thing. Like, I've been playing at Access Church for, like, 14 years and... Prior to that experience, I was not great at playing with a click track. Yeah. And, you know, being being in that experience to where I don't have my amp and I've got all I've got is my in-ears and can set my own mix or whatever. And, you yeah. know, it's like, you, OK, this is hopefully you, you put what you need to hear in there, your click track, your guide track, your, you know, and if you're smart, you've got the rest of your band in there. So, you, you know, you hear what you're supposed to do. The first few times I was in a studio, I had never been in that situation. So it was foreign and frustrating and angering. And um, but when I went in with Daryl, it was cool. We were down at Retrophonics uh, with Jimmy DeVito. But Matt Grondon was actually mixing the project for us. And um, we mix we did it analog. And that when I first forever. I first started and um, I was playing my P bass and I had round wound strings on it. And Jimmy had this this uh, old Mexican jazz bass with flat wounds hanging on the wall. And I played that and it wasn't set up like, but the strings sounded so much fatter in the mix with these flat wound strings. I'm like, can I take those strings off your bass? He's like, yeah. And so I unstrung, cause I was more comfortable on my own bass. I unstrung his bass, put his old crusty flat wound strings on my bass and recorded the track. And then Daryl was like, you know, I'm not liking the way that's like, that sounds thin. Can you play the whole song on the E string and just move up and down the E string for that song? What? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I figured it out. And so I'm just, I mean, it's not like a super technical song, sure, but so this still. is making it darker and warmer. And so, you know, I'm going through this old flip top, Ampeg 2 B15. For those of you who aren't familiar with Jimmy DeVito and Retrophonics, his studio has got so much amazing vintage gear with so much character. And, you know, if you've ever listened to JJ Gray and Mofro, yeah, most yeah, of their yeah, of recordings course. have been made there. Yeah. But there was some of the songs in there, and Daryl had such this vision that uh, we would we would like grab things and they had they had like you know different sizes of wood on the wall to help with the acoustics in the um, in the room and we're like beating on this wood wall and just making these noises and creaks and like just it was like at times sound effects and it was just incredible and then you know were you in a noise band what's going on have you ever heard the album no it's it's like <laughs> listening to humidity it's it's and, and wait, that's wait, not wait, an insult, and I've told Daryl this to his face. What al what album of it? It's is? the first uh, Daryl Hans album. Uh, the Paramis? No, before that. Okay, so no, I've listened to Paramis, but I haven't listened to the first one. I guess. Yeah, the first one, and uh, yeah, it's like some of the songs ended up on a, a B horror movie. Like we. Yeah, so this like is it. no. So this is a real story. So we were playing in Mobile. We were on the road, me and Daryl and uh, and the Sultan. 
and we had parked outside of this this bar off of 10 right outside of mobile and there was a police officer there and i was like hey man do you mind we're on the road we're sleeping in the van do you mind if we crash here for the night he's like no man that's cool i'll let i'll let all the other cops know that you guys are here and not to mess with you <laughs> i'm like that is the coolest thing ever so we that's get to not the that's the answer you want yeah. to hear? So, so we'll let, we'll let all the cops know that you're No, here. he said not no, so not to mess with us. So he's like he's That's like, I'm gonna be here for this long and then his come to find out his brother did horror movies, but they were like independent horror movies. And I'm like, dude, this stuff sounds like it's straight out of a Quentin Tarantino film. You've got to check it out. The, the brother of the cop? No, I gave it to the cop. So confused. So no, so I got with this cop. So then the cop says, Hey, do you you guys ever had rum, a horchata? A horchata? And I'm like, um, <laughs> no, he's like, oh, it's good. It's like rum and coconut milk and cinnamon. And I'm like, well, that sounds fantastic. He's like, no, my wife hooks me up. So he goes to his, <laughs> he goes to his patrol car, and he gets this thermos or whatever, and he's like, you guys got a cup? And I'm like, Daryl, go get a cup. And so I'm we, really, This is entrapment. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it was awesome. So we all come up there with our little solo cups, and this this nice police officer pours us all a little a bit. Real of, nice police officer of uh, this delicious rum, coconut, cinnamon drink. Horchata, yeah, I, yeah, it's I know fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And I'm like, it's homemade. His wife made it for him. It's going out on the road, and um, <laughs> <laughs> he's out all night, man. Come on. <laughs> I found out later on that, like years later, like Daryl yeah. hit me up. He's like, hey, you know, they put a couple songs on one of those crazy horror movies. No shit. I mean, we didn't get credit. We don't you don't know, know the name of the movie, but I know they're on. That wow. might be that might. Uh, it's definitely the first uh, story I've ever heard about collaborating with a cop from a musician. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 but congrats. congrats. I've got a lot. I just can't tell y'all of them on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We well, can't, can't. But like, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, we'll we'll talk. talk. <laughs> All right, thanks. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys, I'm just saying. What? Some cops are really nice. Oh no! Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. Like, I'm on the same page as you. I understand. They're all people. Yeah. Everybody's we are a all person. people, man. Yeah. He's and not a person. I'm not. I'm a reptilian. He's apparently. reptilian. Billy thinks I'm Confirmed. reptilian. He's he's a person. Yeah. So you you don't like funk music though? That's not true. He, That's true. He puts words in my mouth all the time. I just don't know a lot about it. I just grew up. I grew Has up he on ever a different heard of field. World. No, but every time I tell you, do you you really don't think I know who Bernie Worrell I, I is also, from the I, fucking Talking Heads? I, really? I also, I also, I also rest in like, peace. When, by the way, when, whenever, whenever I show, <laughs> so w- fuck off. When, whenever I show him any any kind of funk tune, he's just like, oh, the, this is the uh, the, the SNL uh, theme song. No, I'm like, no, man, you, it's fucking me. just because it has horns in it. Does that mean it's the, uh, the SNL intro music? It's just like saying <laughs> that because every time I like, I mean. I don't use it that often. I can really slap bass. No, yeah, you, you're a fucking nasty I, I get, slap player. I, get, uh, I learned in my 20s that not every song calls for slap bass. Sure. And, uh, and I, but but then I also get accused of, even though I never, very rarely do, it's like, no, that wasn't Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's such an important style of music to play and understand and listen to, just because it's, it's, it's also aside for even the bass and the drum, it's also minimalistic a lot of the times where it's like you hear the guitar part and the guitar is sure. just like doing this one little ch- chunky thing and then you the listen whole to the keys, wor- the whole clockwork thing. It's, it's, it's all about. a big puzzle. It's just like no, here's agree. your space, here's your no, space, there's, bass, there's, drums, here's this space. Even this, even the singing is usually pretty methodical and like very like just it's all a puzzle it just it all creates 
one big thing. I agree. I think you can, especially like, like I said, if you, you can listen, you can listen to James Brown, but you can listen to Sly and the Family Stone, yes. or yeah. Brothers Johnson, or Graham Central Station, Neville Brothers, Isley Brothers. Early Prince, Dumpster Funk, Love Prince. But it's like, early Prince for sure, bro. That For You album. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, we'll talk about Michael, like, Michael Jackson off the wall. Yes. Is that before it got all the way crazy produced, that is one of the funkiest albums ever. But I mean, there, I, this might be going off on a tangent, but so many times I've been told in my life, you can't fake the funk. And it's, I think you can always strive for authenticity in any genre or in anything you do and you should you shouldn't just like my goal when i when i'm hired to play with any band i don't want to sound like i don't want to sound like, like i said i kind of said before i don't want to sound like a metal guy i don't want to sound like a funk guy i don't want to sound like a jazz guy i want to sound like exactly what i'm supposed to sound like in that given minute right you know what i mean all of that being said it took me a long time to realize that as easy as the notes are in reggae, you can't just play and, you know, because and the difference is listen to Bob Marley, listen to Black Uhuru, listen to, you know, Desmond Decker, listen to like, yeah, all that early. If you're going to talk about white reggae groups, it's the police. It's not supply. Yes, What's wrong thank with you. Stick figure? They I understand. understand. I like they stick figures. Stick figures dub though. It's not but really reggae. I will reggae. say, man, Just messing around like I was, what I was getting to is like, <laughs> I sat in with a couple of reggae bands around town, and they would say, "Man, you're really good. You play a lot of notes." And listening to reggae music, the reggae bass doesn't always play a lot of notes. And I just wanted to give props because the two people I learned how to play reggae bass from, like. When I'm when I'm doing it any kind of justice at all, is um, Dino from Mystic Dino and King Eddie. King um, Eddie is awesome. Man. With Peely Peely, yeah. Like watching those guys, they've been in Jacksonville, they've been all over a long time. But anytime you get a chance to go watch, either if you are trying to be a reggae player and you're a bass player, you've got to go watch those guys. Yeah. If you want to learn like one on one, like what timing is all about and what phrasing is all about like funk and reggae man those two styles right there really are, are like the like the cornerstone of like of pocket simple playing and don't like 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 funk can get super complicated especially as as it starts integrating with jazz and fusion and all that but just in its most basic form like listen to like like again like james brown and and earlier funk groups like that and you're like it's all so simple. And again, listening to like like Jimmy Cliff and, and Bob Marley and Peter Tosh and all those earlier reggae bands and you're like you're like, Okay, well, this is all super simple but it's like it's so just in the pocket, all of it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times it was simple to frame the ultimate message or or the ultimate melody. And I think that's a lot of in 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 the most in, in my opinion, in the even though I really like really technical music, I, I think that stuff like when it's about the song, yeah. and even if it's instrumental, like with Schofield, like we were jamming on last night, the music in and of itself is pretty simple. But I look at that the music with the rhythm section as like a frame around the melody 
you know what I mean? It's yeah. like a picture frame exactly. and it's yeah. holding that melody. Showcasing, and yeah. I think when you're talking about funk music or when you're talking about reggae music, I think it's almost the same thing. It's like that that rhythmic structure and that clockwork, it kind of holds the, it's like a framework for what the message is. And whether that message is the words in the song or whether that message is, is the message is the melody if it's an instrumental. I would almost know? say like too that it's, it's almost like harder to, uh, I don't want to ever call funk minimalistic by any means, but what you're saying is that it's not a lot of notes the whole time. You know, like right. it's, it's everybody's got their place. But it's not always. Right, it's not always. I mean, it's not, you know, Herbie Hancock's like all over the place the whole time. But like all, when you're talking about like a uh, 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 old school like 70s funk and everything like that, like it's always just like just so everybody's got a, it's a puzzle piece. And, a, and, and then yeah. you have to also remember that it was it wasn't on uh, uh, computers or samples. Like they had to like, okay, you play this, you play this, you play this, you play this, yeah. and then let's make sure that it all fits. And good lord, how knows how long that's going to take. But there's this like uh, elegance to it and science to it that is very complicated exactly exactly and yeah. so it's interesting we were talking about in the beginning about like when you're learning uh uh how to be in a band is to basically is just shave off just to keep just to keep playing less and less, yeah, and less that's, until you're playing just like boop and that's it, it yeah if, if that's if that's what that's the music calls for 100 no it's an exaggeration but i'm just like still and like i'll say yeah. all funk is simple i mean because victor wooten is one of the funkiest peoples in the world and and it's definitely evolved from where, but just like like yeah. like from its from like the original from, from the original kind of incarnation of funk music, it was very simple, kind of like you know, and then same thing with reggae, and it's of course it's evolved and and like and, and production with dub music has gotten very has gotten a lot more uh, intricate as well. So it's like it all evolves over time, but just at, at its most fundamental uh, time, funk and reggae and things that are very groove based. Simple just, sounding, yeah, is very, what I would call it. Yeah, it sounds simple. Right, it fucking takes it's forever a puzzle to get piece, there. Man. So you see the end result of the puzzle, and you're like, yeah, anybody can put a puzzle together until you start realizing, like, oh, well, how do you make the pieces actually fit together? And yeah. that's what it's all about. You trying know, to think, not agree. They're trying to think of a better analogy about it being like, oh, it looks really easy, and it's like it is not easy. No, yeah. I mean it's a feel thing. Like you can play those notes all day, but there's also a difference in listening to. A funk song and listening to somebody who may not understand the feel of funk play yeah. a funk song, and we've all had gone through that pain. And that's me, still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're getting you're a lot better. You're too easy on yourself. No, I'm really bad. Li- no, some of the stuff on the new. No, uh, I'm bad. No, <laughs> some so, some it's of like, this. No, no, no. T- tell me how much not bad I am because I need to hear it. I'm no, not bad. I don't. I don't need to hear it. Some I know of, that I am. No, so, <laughs> the, you listen, listen, listen when the when the new side hustle record comes out, yeah. you'll listen to it and you'll hear how like how you've been able to really. You know, kind of hone Sit in. in. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm you know, not, I'm not on you've, that one. You've honed in. <laughs> you're, not, you're not on the. Um, no. Well, I, I'll give you. I've always thought it'd be so funny. In fact, actually, when we were recording uh, 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 Lucky Costello's album, I let my ex girlfriend uh, play. Wow. Uh, were you looking directly at her just then? <laughs> I fucking hope she sees this. <laughs> I, 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 I let, I let uh, her because uh, she ended up dating my bassist. Anyways, long story. We're terrible people. Well, anyways, don't no, trust her. Ba- don't trust bassists. Is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, but, I, but I let her. We're deep people, man. I'm just saying. All, all sh- at the very end, I'll, like just to end the song, like they just needed a a, a, a D to uh, uh, end the song, like just like a boop, like that. I'm like, okay, you record it, and so she's on the album. <laughs> 
Anyways, it's adorable. It is adorable, and I'm well, very, thanks to I'm very thanks thoughtful. to Pro Tools, you can just <laughs> that right out. Well, yeah, and uh, it never got made. It never got made, you know, because. <laughs> anyways, we happens. should we should have a minute if you want to play like a G or a something. G. <laughs> just a G note, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Sean, we brought Shane in here just to play this one note. Like, no, you did a good job, but like. Dude, he plays with Gingerbeard, man. Yeah, he plays with Gingerbeard. Bro, yeah. All I'm trying to Bro. say is it would be uh, hilarious. By the way, like, I just wanted to say like, how much fun Gingerbeard Man is to play. Like, it, oh, As yeah. many different groups I've been in and like with Melody Trucks Band it's being fun. a seven-piece band and all that, it is so much fun. To, that is probably the most organic band I've ever been in to where stuff just happens spontaneously. And yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it can be really cool and explosive. Sometimes it can be kind of... Yeah, we just had Wes on too. We're gonna have, we're we're gonna run so, out of musicians in Jacksonville. No, we're not. We got we got we got plenty. I I got. I'm. It's all being worked yeah, out okay. up here. I think it's just gonna. I, we're just gonna start rotating me yeah, and Wes and Sean. Yeah, like, <laughs> just have, this is basically the Gingerbeard uh, Melody Trucks stuff. Band podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's the first time I even said Melody Trucks Band. No, you said it a couple times this podcast. You brought it up. Yeah. No, yeah. he hasn't. He hasn't said it once. Um, but I do want to. I, I did kind of want to ask you. The, you have an interesting perspective a lot of people don't really get uh, as musicians uh, from being the hired gun and the side guy to also running like your own bands, uh, which we've discussed in this podcast many times. I like to get the perspectives from different people who've done it. Wes talked about it as well. And I think it's a very important distinction to make for people that don't understand because it's a completely different role to play. Being like somebody who's hired to play in a band versus being the band leader and like what those responsibilities entail. They're both very real responsibilities and they both have very real implications on how you do these things and what the results, the end result is. How like what's that experience been like for you, and how do you think one has helped you be be better at the other? As a bass player, I mean, you learn. I mean, as a bass player or a drummer, you learn that. I mean, our our role is support, right? You know, and I think it's something that especially is kind of built into bass players if you really take your job seriously. That you are trying to tie the drums to the melody. Right. And you're, you're the bridge and, between the melody and, and the rhythm. And I really listen to what's going on in the music on both sides rhythmically and that. And so with with both Dirty Pete and Ginger Beard Man, those are both like I won't say there's a leader in, in either of those bands. You know what I mean? Like uh Matt and I started Dirty Pete and but it's an equal say. It's three part. You know okay. what I mean? And it's the same thing with Gingerbeard Man. Like we're we're all three equal. We all respect each other equally, and we all have an equal say in what goes on. You know, I do the booking ninety percent of the time. I but I've been. I realized as a bass player who may not have always agreed with things that were going on in some of the earlier bands I was in in Jacksonville, and may have initially been a little. Uh, intimidated by cold calling as it were bars and trying to book gigs i just i put together projects that i wouldn't be ashamed to book you know that i didn't have to make excuses for and then um i set out to meet one i looked i looked at at the bars that were booking and i looked at the bands that were bringing in music and where the demographics were and um Matt Lukowski actually and Dirty Pete gave me a new way of looking at things as far as performing when we were doing things because 
for you know forever it was 45 on 15 off 45 on 15 off yeah he's like man let's see if the bar will let us start an hour later and then we'll just play for two hours and take a 30 minute break at the end and nobody will leave he said everybody leaves at midnight you know fucking genius 100 on that so so what we started doing is we we asked him the first couple times and we tried to this out at a few bars and this has been you know it's been eight years ago whatever and nobody was doing this at the time and nobody was playing aggressive rock and roll music uh i mean blister was doing their thing but they're more of an original band as well and they're incredible crest foo fighters huh? it's a lot of fun watching you guys see yeah. that but i mean the when we came out and did like it was kind of like tenacious d met mickey mouse club met ridiculous <laughs> Everything was silly, you know. Yeah. And but with really good musicianship and three-part harmony yeah. and everything behind it, and so the bartenders and the managers started realizing like nobody is leaving, like because you know why? Because there hasn't been a break. Yeah. These guys haven't taken a break, and so we play a solid hour and a half, solid two hours. But because of that, we were able to keep every single person in the bar. And those people who were passing by came in and most people who were, I mean, like pre COVID, most people who are bar hopping when you, when that band takes a break, Oh, that's a chance to go to the next bar before last call. That's what I always think. But if you keep going until 12, 15 or 12, well, they're going to be like, well, shit, I might as well stay here. I got another 30 minutes anyway. And so we would take a nice healthy break at the end. But I mean, by doing that, by, In that aspect, and I mean, we've done that with Ginger Beard, man. Every 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 bar is different, and every venue is different. And but I think uh, playing on your strengths and playing on your um, playing on uh, being smart about looking at the demographic, looking at the numbers, looking at the kind of music you play, knowing uh, a lot of times people might not 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 know the kind of music that you play, but sometimes they need to be introduced to it and. Explain no, like no, you haven't even heard this yet. We'll play what you like on the break on the bumper music or whatever, but you might not even realize you like this because you've been so ignorant and only heard what's been on the radio for the last forty years or whatever. For heard sure, it here first, y'all are ignorant. <laughs> A lot of people are, man. It's hey, man, crazy. and if you if you take the word ignorant as an insult. You're ignorant Here we because go. ignorant is Here not st- ignorant does not mean stupid. Yeah, I'm it just teasing, means you. Un- yeah, it just yeah, means you don't know. I just yeah. taught you some vocabulary. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been ignorant to a lot of things, but I always try to learn. So I'm not ignorant of that anymore. I was right. going more to back to like why you got to raise the bar like that to the rest of the musicians and like why aren't you in the union and we need 15 minute breaks. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to explain this. I'm going to I actually. I'm I, re- I like I like I your idea. Yeah. I don't trust you to make my drink. Like it's, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, he'll make you a great drink. No, I just want bourbon. Woohoo. Anyways, what are you saying about? No, what I was saying is that I had somebody, a good friend of mine, who who has done a number of my tattoos, uh, told me one time, Shane, you were wearing Derek Bunkley. I love you for this this advice. Um, you're an artist. And you're only worth as much as you think you're worth. And he's, he's like, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I can get that tattoo for $50. And I'll be like, you're going to get that a $50 tattoo. Yeah. 
That he's like, sense. but if if you want something that looks like it's worth this much money, unfortunately, this is what you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. And that's how I think, and especially, like, I'm talking to musicians right now. I know we have to, to cut people breaks. And I've been doing, we've been doing this, like, guerrilla musician, guerrilla band thing. Like, thank God for the restaurants who are having bands with the venues being closed down right, down right now. Yeah. Thank God for these backyard parties who who not only love music enough, but have enough common sense and enough neighbors that are like, you know what, if we all get 20 or $30 together, we can hire our favorite band and have them in our backyard tonight. Yeah. I'll give you and my phone number at the end of the show. I'm, I'm saying, like, this is the things we're having to do right now because we've been out of work since March as gigging musicians. So, but anyways, going back to uh, how, how you're worth. Yes. So, what you have to do, you can't go in as a young musician and say, oh, I want this much money or I want this much money. Because there's so many bars that are going to say, no, I pay $100 a man. Good, I'm going to bring my nine-person band in here if that's your thing. We're going to make $900 tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, so this is how much money we make. <laughs> yeah. like, that's hilarious. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so that's my argument to that every time. Like, no, I, no. No, this is the price of the band. Yeah. So... And you don't have to say yes. Yeah. If they say no, we. Right now in these times, the bars don't have the money necessarily. They don't. The the restaurants might not necessarily have the money. However, when we were booking gigs on on the regular and things were regular, yeah. The way things the way we would do things yeah. is. This is what we make. Well, I don't pay bands that. Well, that's fine. We don't have to play here, but that's what we make. We'll book next door. And we're going to make that. That's some gangster shit, dude. And, and <laughs> that's business, man. Yeah, that's you right. ever going to buy a car? Why? You ever going to buy a guitar or a keyboard? Stick a How much is this every keyboard? time. Hey, man, they're smart. Chump. <laughs> Fucking chump, big time. If no, you ne- it never hurts to ask, but no, at the same time, it doesn't hurt to play the first time for a little bit less money. Yeah. With the understanding that you're not going to book 18 gigs for... $300 for a five-piece band. You're yeah. just not going to do it. Yeah. You're going to say, okay, man, I might give you this gig, but once you see my crowd, this is my price. Well, and, and, and if I'm playing for that little money, we're going to do a shorter gig. We're going to get a bar tab and maybe some food out of the deal. Well, and yeah, it's, there's, there's also the whole the thing the, the whole thing when it comes to – so, you know, Wes makes a good point about the 10-year about the thing, but say yes to everything. 10-year wait. I, lo- and, I've been, I've, yeah. I love it. So, so there. I think that, uh, we might, you and I might disagree a little bit on, on this front. Where I, I feel like if you're just starting out, you should probably just take any opportunity you can, uh, and the bar will pay will pay less money to go uh, to, to have someone like that who says yes to those kind of scenarios. However, you're also going to realize that the person you just hired is not a professional. They're definitely not. They they might bring a crowd. They might not. But they're not going to be as seasoned or as aware of the uh, of what needs to happen when they're on these gigs as some of the people that you're going to pay more money to get so so i would say if you're just starting out like like take less money and and do whatever you have to do but for me when when it comes to like bar gigs i don't even think about i don't even think about the crowd bringing out per se because it's it's like it's like well we're not here to bring your crowd we're not selling tickets right i I would agree with that but i will also say that as a as a business owner you're always going to be more likely to hire somebody that you've heard of or that you've seen out in public who has a crowd out in front sure. of them than somebody who's like, 
I really want to play in your bar. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. well, know? that's 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 why if, if you if you've never played, if you're like if you're like brand new to the whole thing, then yeah, you take less money or whatever. But I I don't think that like if a bar is saying like, like we played and I I will happily call this place out because I don't give a fuck about this place. <laughs> but place. Sea Chasers out in the beach, oh, um, uh, I'll go there. They deserve it. Um, when you want to uh, when when I show so up, they partner and I, up with Margaritaville. We're gonna be on the fucking what, streets, uh, man. When uh, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, when we went into the, in, into to play, the, the first thing they asked us is, "Well, do you have a crowd coming?" It's like, so okay. Uh, what do you mean? Do we have a crowd coming? You hired us to play for a crowd that. that should already be here. If you're, if you don't have a budget set aside for live music, then you should not be hiring live music to 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 to, to create its own budget for you. That's crazy. I think it's fifty fifty. Like I Me think, too. I I'm think not there's with you there's either. some That's fine. That, no. I think there's some venues that like that are music venues like, and I'll, I'll like which. Jackrabbits is one of my favorite places to see indie music and original music in sure. town. Um, you know, there's the archetype, business. there's 1904. Different businesses, though. No, I agree, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when you go into a place like that, you know that they're not open every night just as a bar. They're a venue. They're a space. venue, and so when a, a place, when a, when a band shows up, the band is going to bring their crowd. People are going to buy tickets to that. Right. That's how you get I paid th- as and a I band. Think, I think that's too fair. many people haven't haven't been in the bar industry or the entertainment industry and might really not understand how there there are kind of even though we are part of the entertainment industry and in a lot of ways we're blessed in that we're able to do these little guerrilla like pop-up gigs right now during this but um i think during that there was a lot of people who expected like oh wait you like i saw dirty pete and there was a 500 people in that room and i'm like yeah but it's also the most popular bar at the beach exactly you know and i mean now i won't say that i will do a little non sequitur in saying all of that right now like there's some things going on with facebook and they're talking about not putting any live feeds yeah um, i'll say this um I, I supported every one of my friends that was doing live feeds and all the social distance and social distance fest. Ginger Beard Man, other than a few gigs that we've done, has not done any live feeds. We we, we were doing some rehearsals and working on some new original material for at the beginning of this. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> live feeds? He can't play so. funk, but I mean, he can do it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, what no, I'm, no. Sa- to record it. What I'm <laughs> saying is that... I do, I do know how to do that. I'm saying we weren't even... <laughs> We weren't even doing it from our phones. Right, 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 right. It was kind of a it was kind of a balanced decision that we had. Like, we can either do this every day and and like try you know try to give somebody a resemblance or some semblance of seeing us play live, yeah. even if we're in our room or our garage. Yeah. But so, but we didn't do that. Yeah. Like a couple of the parties we've done, and a couple of the live gigs we've done, we stream we streamed it. For better or for worse, whatever it was on on Facebook, uh, there might be some YouTube stuff. But I will say, I think in large part to the fact that we weren't inundating our streams with our live stuff that we were doing every time that we have had a live performance since March, since we've been allowed to play back. It has been like the best crowd that we've ever had. Yeah. And they're all excited to see live music. They're all excited to see us. It's like 
all of a sudden they're people are remembering like oh this is something this i mean i know yeah whatever they used to play out five nights a week or you know gigging is hard but it's it's amazing to me like now these people are like so so yeah, i was gonna say what's your argument then are you saying like don't don't do the live stream stuff I'm not saying that. You're not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's it. Uh, it's it's an observation. Oh, you just yeah. that that's I know happened to you. That that, so he, that happened to us. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Because and I mean, but it, I I will say that it, for us it was also a measured thing. People are hungry for live music. Of course, yeah. You know, but, and I mean maybe it's because because I'm married and have a kid, and Sean has a day job, and West lives in Georgia. You know, there's there's also a reason that we haven't been together filming our lives like the real world every day. Sure. For you know the world to see. But, but you know this the, the, the like going back to what we were talking about uh, about like music venues versus like bars and stuff. Yes. This is kind of a sim- kind of what I'm saying about it is like you'll notice more people showing up when you're not playing so much. You know, so you, so if you're playing once a month or once every few months and scarcity. people come out to your gigs, scarcity in the, scarcity in the market. That's 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 a factor when you're playing original music when you're selling tickets to shows. When you're a bar band and you're playing five nights a week, that's why I say that whatever crowd you bring is irrelevant to the bar because I'm playing five nights a week in this band and I'm playing music that's already been market tested and approved through radio and whatever else and and sales of records it's like I'm not we're not coming uh, there's some cover bands and Dirty Pete would be in this in this uh, in this uh, kind of under, under this umbrella that I'm talking about, where it's like there's some cover bands that bring their own flavor to the mix, which gets people, and that's how you set yourself apart. However, I don't think that I don't think that if I go up to a bar, it's like because you know when we were doing. Uh, Hangout Express versus Side Hustle. You know, Hangout yeah. Express is our cover band. We're not bringing the same kind of energy or anything close to what Dirty Pete does. Um, oh, but yeah. we still command or we still demand a certain amount of money when we play at a bar, which is probably in a similar range that we, we'll what get, you guys uh, demand. I don't, well, I don't even want to say what, what I'm saying. But my point being, my point being is that is that if we're playing this many nights a week, this is no longer a what value do I like, like what value do I bring in sales to your bar? It's more of a do you have a budget for entertainment because we can entertain your crowd? No, I agree with that. So you have to have a value for yourself. Yeah, that's why you have to set your price at a certain point. That's what I'm saying. You know, but, yeah, and I mean, like I have, you know, it's like, I mean, there's numbers I like to make more of, and during doing, I mean, and that's what's been so crazy about this whole this whole COVID thing is. I have been I've been doing live music a, a lot and I've had so many oh this is that moment this is that record deal moment or this is that springboard moment or this is the next circle of the onion moment and I mean if you if you if you if you understand the the entertainment business that's kind of how it is like you there's like these different levels and sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it was a long time that I wasn't doing festivals when I was concentrating on Dirty Pete and doing that kind of music. And it was a, a different kind of when we would do big stuff. It was more like Key West and Fantasy Fest and uh, the 37th annual Toga Party. Yeah, and that's the first level of the onion there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but what I'm saying is call before it. when I got back I like to it. the I like the onion. When analogy. I got back to the festival circuit, though, it it was nice because I. It, you know, it's different when you buy a ticket and then you're back or you you 
you're or an artist. Yeah. I want to. That's a third layer of the onion, right there. I want to say this though about the, it, it's always this topic that some coming up with about original bands versus cover bands and all that stuff like that. I'm saying this: Why can't you, like the way that Dirty Pete is, the way that any cover band make it a show, like make it well, a I mean, that's product? What, you can, yeah, you totally that's what can. That's what Dirty Pete did. I mean, when we stopped. We, there was times where we had talked about original music, and I think we were just going in different directions creatively, but we work really well together chemistry-wise. Yeah, Me, of course. Uh, you know, yeah. with Gingerbeard Man, we do we do covers and originals, yeah. and that I think when we do our cover tunes, we're doing them in a way that's it's like, different. we always try to be different. So if it's like a country song, we might do a funky, or if it's a southern rock song, like, Southern or uh, Simple Man, we're gonna do it as a two-step. When, when we do Grateful Dead, we do it electronic. It's amazing. Yeah, or Almond Brothers. Or Almond Brothers yeah. too. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wonder who does that. My my <laughs> yeah. Name dropper. My uh my my whole thing with it is like if you're gonna do like if you do original music, there's there there's an avenue that gets you to certain le- next levels. When you're doing cover, when you're in a cover band, there's avenues that get you to certain next levels. They can make you, and as a cover band, you can make a bunch of money. I'm not saying that this is like a different or less less valuable route than the original band grind. I'm just saying that they're different grinds. Do you know so what it's the, like the epsilon so, of that is though is the postmodern jukebox, for sure. They're is they're amazing. The, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. You can say dirty loops as well. It's all the yeah. It's it's just a it's just so, a, so, it's so, just a cover show though, well, is it not? But no, 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 no. Postmodern <laughs> jukebox has a oh, lot of their own music, tribute, but and, and they do covers on YouTube to get the likes. I mean, the main squeeze is doing the same thing, right? But but my point being is that if you want to be an original band, because there's no more new songs to be written. That's that's kind of where it's kind. Of, I it's, know it's, all it's, the notes. The same, I told you. The same thing with movies though. It's why they're just making remakes because uh, there's no new ideas. I want to go down that route. So, but but my my point being is that if you're an original band like and you want to really be an original band you 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 play locally you know a few times or you know a few times a year four or five times a year when you're first getting started you sell tickets to shows and that's how, and that's how you build your base and then you go on the road at, after a certain point of doing that well if you're in a cover band you play bars you play bars you build up your catalog you build up your repertoire and then you move up to you know weddings and corporate gigs and start making more money it's and insane it's, the amount of money that wedding bands can make it's dude, insane playing, playing simple cover tunes and I mean, you're talking six figures sometimes man. it's absolutely like, it's Wait, hang like, on hang on what? Yeah. What are we doing? We can get You'd Nico back on the podcast and you talk about it. What are we doing? Uh, I'm just, no, I'm just so saying. So what I'm saying is, I yes, I've made a lot of money playing cover tunes over the years. That's how I've made my living, more so than playing original music. As, like, if I had to choose between working in an office or playing cover tunes and making the same amount of money a week, I chose playing cover tunes. Oh, totally. That's how but, I make my living, too. But I will say that playing those cover <laughs> tunes has made me a better musician. Like quit tonight, but To I where, like, I, th- I feel like that if you take that stuff seriously, then you end up being, when it's your turn to write a song, yeah. it's easier for you to write a part for that song. Because yes. Because I'm like, oh, like, I might say, oh, well, man, I remember this one line that man, they kind of felt like this and it was a song that was kind of like this. And it's not that I'm stealing from these other songs. It's that I've got these little three and four, three and four note phrases in my vocabulary from all the music that I've listened to. That's like, 
Oh, that would be a good idea. Well, yeah, I mean, that's man. how anybody, uh, unless you're a, a reptilian robot, the only way that you <laughs> uh, 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 learn music anyways Do is you, by learning other songs. Are, you, are you a little bit sleestack phobic, my friend? Sleaze, a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Land of the Lost. I, I, I'm going to challenge you to Google sleestack from the 70s, the original looking stack. It's kind of like the guy from... I never saw Lane of the Lost. I'm sorry. I'm a That's huge okay. movie buff, too, I, but I never saw it. It was a TV it. show. It was I know great. it is. I know it is, but like, I feel like I should know what... I know what Lane of the Lost is. We've gotten way off topic. I want to... I want to... I, 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 actually, I think that... that you should be a, like you like every musician should should be a bar musician at some point. Because oh, I would agree like, with that. It's yeah. like you have to, you have to first off. It's like being a private. Like, like when I first started. <laughs> no, no, that's a, because I it's will say service this, industry of the of the music world. Being in that position to where you are in charge of your own sound, you're in charge of your own your own gear, your own your own everything, your own business. Like, and you have to and you have to everything. learn other people's music. And you have to learn it the right way. So though you can tell. If you've ever seen something go wrong on a big stage at a festival or at a, a coliseum or an arena or whatever, something big, and and something's not right, the ones who always have their shit together or the ones who have been in the trenches forever, like, no, screw it. Like, I will just unplug here and plug in here. Exactly. It's not a big deal. You guys are all running around freaking out. Look, now I'm going to grab this microphone over here. Mm. All of a sudden, I have a microphone, an amp that works. I can hear this monitor. It's amazing. And what it does for your for, for your stamina as a musician, too, playing four hours a night. There's, there, oh, yeah. There's so many musicians out there that just did the original music grind. They've had they have never had to learn another song in their life, and they have never had to play a show longer than an hour. You know what I mean? It's like – I'm not saying – I'm just saying that what it does for your musicality and your stamina and your understanding of, of an awareness of what can go wrong in those scenarios and, ha and know how to handle them, it's just and what and, and what to be aware of on the business end of it. It's like being a bar musician to me is like the ultimate. It's a, it's a service industry of the music industry, but it's like it builds so much character and so much. Like it's it's 100% necessary. I agree. Like I will say, and then I kind of want to tie this all back to the first thing about the whole worth thing and like just taking whatever at first there's nothing like and you guys know this there's nothing like being on a stage at a festival in front of a bunch of people especially if you get to be there and it's dark and there's lights and the subs are we've, going we've been there he one of these days anton yeah, he'll get he'll, yeah, tony will get, get it one day <laughs> but i mean day. like you get that giant feedback <laughs> but at the same time there's a certain anonymity so it's you know what I mean, and I feel like playing in playing in these bars. Like I miss playing at the Flies Tie every Tuesday. Yeah, that was man. my favorite. Miss playing at Lynch's, you know, and there, but there's a certain amount of intimacy that you don't get from playing in you know larger larger stages. I, I love the festival. That's I mean that's my favorite. That's like, when you look so mysterious. And who knows what you do behind? You don't have the to be. You could no. You can approach me. We're friends. I'm not that mysterious. Not me. I'm talking about the fans and what you didn't your tell him. Like I'm not that scary. Like I know it's 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 you, it's, it's, you can beard? touch it. I don't want to touch the beard. It's, I'm, it's just, I'm more I'm just, more intimidated more by the the I don't the even mohawk. know what you, 
it's not and, a mohawk. Well, well mohawk, no, it's, it's a flat right mohawk. It's a flat, it's a flat or mohawk. Or your general just it, no, disposition. No, it's, it's totally a mohawk. Back, back, back where uh, I grew up, we call, I didn't want we to call intimidate that a, you and have it coming out with a mohawk. We call that a Kentucky waterfall. You know, in the <laughs> look, I will tell you what, in the back, I'm kind of looking like gross. <laughs> I'm kind of looking pretty sweet back here. I just, no, you're like you're crushing it, bro. I like it. All I was trying to say is, is, is I'm, I'm going to tell my wife you insulted her haircut. I am. <laughs> I thought Billy was nicer than this, Anessa. I'm sorry. He's not. I'm, I'm He's not, not. I'm not. I'm sorry. But he did give me his business card, but it was a Pokemon card. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with his number written in big permanent marker in the back. It's pretty sweet. My daughter probably stole that card. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody throws it away. Pokemon? Gotta yeah. catch them Oh, they, they throw it away. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a clever thing. I, I do throw it away if I, if I if I give you my Pokemon card, they're like, oh, wow, this is great. And they just, like, fucking roll their eyes and Throw it away they, well, well, they don't do it immediately. They they watch you play first, and they're like, "Oh, I'm out of no, here." No, I didn't. What I what I did immediately when he gave it to me, yeah, is that 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 six string bass I've had, you know, for as long as you've known me. Yeah, I took my pocket knife and I gouged it out in the back, just in a space big enough uh-huh. to where I could put that in there. And I, yeah, but I only used my spit. I was like, and I, but all the wood chips were on the floor. Sure, sure, sure. It's a custom base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a custom base. <laughs> well, it's, it's a custom business card, so it matches. Yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see so, which one's worth more now. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so ridiculous. I, I do, <laughs> do want to. No, as, a, as a beginner, I think, like, if you have the opportunity, like, I know me and Wes have both had these opportunities. I'm sure Sean has. I'm, most of the musicians I've been around have had the opportunity. Like, if you're around somebody that's older, or that's just more experienced and more seasoned and has been out there and doing gigs, and you have the opportunity to fill in with them or be around them. Like when Billy joined Side Hustle. That's what it was. That is he, he's he was, told me he's never never felt like he's learned more than when he's around you. Yeah, that's that's a true, true thing. I would have it to say that's true. a true thing. No, and I mean, and I'm, I objectively I'm, know that to be true. I'm halfway being an asshole about it, but Don't, I will true. say this. Be an entire asshole. No, I... I <laughs> hey, man. Here's the truth. Iron sharpens iron. So like, if you're trying like to sharpen phrase. your knife no. and all you got is some butter, you're never going to get your knife any sharper. So what I want to be around me is musicians yeah. who challenge me to be a better musician. That's what I did. You know? And a musician I'm, who's actually been on the road like, for real. Yeah, I challenged Anton. Like, he can't even keep up with me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, he's never, like, played at Swanee. <laughs> Are you just saying that oh, because no, he did. He did. I play at Swanee, and yeah, I've also, we got, we got I've also been on tour him, for months at a time, and I've also... You seem like you've you know, gotten more serious since you cut your hair off. I have, I have. Like, you were way more that, like... I don't know, like college fun guy when you had the plaid shirt and the hat on. Billy never played a bar gig before uh, he joined Side Hustle. That is either. true. I was about to say that about. He's how, never learned. Uh, he never had to learn cover music or I, or yeah, never or or never uh, has never been on the road before for real. I, I, like two or three day runs aren't the no, road, my like, friend. How, how long have we been in a band for? Like three. years? Three years. You've learned so uh, much. I, I never, I never, I never listened or played to the Almond Brothers. Yeah, the Grateful, the Grateful Dead. Dead, or like never, never, never went like never played as far north as Asheville. Um, never been on the road for real. Uh, never cut a record. Uh, you never. Uh, Played Swanee thirteen times. Sean and Wes, That's don't you cool, feel lucky bro. that you're in a band with me? Like I, I never talk about you guys this way in public. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> in public. Yeah. yeah. This is. Uh, anyway, on video. I do. I do want to. I do want to. But, wanna, but uh, that's what I was trying to say. Is I was going. You've learned route. a lot. No, 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 no. What? 
fuck off. First off, and then secondly, <laughs> is, is this why Sean and Aaron aren't here? Yeah, this is yes. exactly why because they can't fucking stand being around us. Nobody can fucking stand being around us. We're used to it. So am I your new bass player? Yeah, I'd Sweet. love to have you in. Sorry, Sean. When you play with us at, at Lynch, can you play for amazing. free and uh, and go on the road I'm for free? Free right now. I, had, <laughs> I don't know. I've got a I kid. I had so. a point, and the point was this is uh, 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 not not the uh, the the whole original uh, way. Yeah, I never I never did cover gigs. I never I, I was like original 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 yeah. original. Hey, I'm gonna inject a dad joke. What's the opposite of a point? A blunt. You don't have that. <laughs> uh, Billy doesn't smoke that drugs. That's illegal. So. No, I don't do drugs. <laughs> I know. Uh, that, excuse me. That was an adjective. And and we don't point drug anymore. blunt. <laughs> Weirdo. Anyways, Billy, what were we saying? This blunt is an adjective. That's, yeah, okay. that's a good ad. Now it's his microphone. Be a hundred dollar drink you got there, bud. Nice <laughs> makers or something. Yeah. <laughs> got him. The whole point is it about. It's fine. <laughs> the whole point is this. Damn. How does it feel to get derailed all the time? Isn't that fun? Does this, is this what it's this like? This is what I deal with on a regular drinking, basis. Yeah, you start drinking. I kept wondering if this was also a shoe phone. Like, because I wanted to, like, I love this. I'm sorry. Tables have turned. This no, is great. the amount the, uh, 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 you have to drink uh, uh, about the same, like about three or four drinks, and then you become the ADD that I have. Are you yeah. insisting? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I ain't kicking you out. Okay. Uh, For fuck's sake. I live my, here now, guys. All right. My I'm point, never getting kicked my out. My point it's is. on tape. Is this, is that I was going the original band route. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How the fuck am I the guy in charge of this? All right. Then, and then I never, never did the uh, cover shows thing ever. Yeah. And so. We uh, could tell. And so <laughs> I, I, I joined you and then l- learned the ropes and then like kind of got in the trenches, like, yeah. you know, like every Marvel movie. And now I'm on top. Well, I mean, you know, I agree with that. still working a day job, though. So I'm just saying night shift. Job. That's why he's night on top. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm disappointed. He, he, he hasn't been wearing that helmet. Though. He hasn't like, been. He, oh, you should wear that helmet. That's my, that's my daddy's helmet. It's. I'm Wear sad it. you're not wearing it. It's, it's awesome. From, it's from, uh, uh, I'll put it on. It looks like Evil Knievel's helmet. It's uh, badass. I've got a whole Evil Knievel costume. Did I'm you watch David afraid. Blaine's Ascension? Huh? Did you watch David Blaine do Ascension what? yesterday? What is this? Oh, you guys aren't aren't familiar with David Blaine? Or? I'm familiar you, with David Blaine. Kinda, I didn't even... Was you st- kind of seem like... Is he even still a thing anymore? David... Oh, he just did a new stunt yesterday. Oh, my God. I didn't amazing. even realize this until right now, but... I what? love David Blaine. You are. He's one of my favorite David people Blaine. of all time. You have David Blaine's personality. Yeah, I do. 100%. Yeah. But uh, anyways. Na- <laughs> no, he's got a lot of emotion. You should watch his episode of Joe Rogan. It's it was really good. It's not from Evil It's actually from, uh, oh, what's the name of that fucking movie? God Easy David. Rider. Easy Rider. Thank you so much. It's pretty dope. It's a little before my time, but you know. It was nasty. That's more of Shane's time, I feel like. Dude, you should wear that all the time. I do. You don't. Uh, Shane, you were no, born. No, I've seen you out in public. Shane, you were born, <laughs> what, 1950? It was close. It was, <laughs> I was born in 1972, fellas. <laughs> I think Easy Rider came out in 79, right? Yeah, that's Shane's. I, know, like, I wasn't allowed to watch that. I was seven. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch it either. But for all right, fetus. So before, before we go on. I'm glad I, you're not a fetus anymore. I grew up. I you mean, did. You got big. I'm a good size. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest fetus I've ever seen. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to ask you about oh, that's got into me all now. these amazing experiences you've had as a musician. And then uh, you, show you my evil which have kind of like later, led to the, the point way. of being in Melody Trucks Band, which is also an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. What's, the, what's that been like? And some of the, some of the experiences that you've had with that, like doors that it's open, 
Just all of it. What's I'll been say like? with, you know, it was really cool with Melody because, um, and I'm sure you guys can, you know, relate that when you're in a band, like most of, a lot of your friends are musicians and you, you want to jam with your friends that you like to jam with and you want to see your friends play out, but you're in a band. So like, I know and we're in a band. And so, you know, and, um, I've known Isaac for a long time and I had, uh, been a fan of Willis's since I saw him the first time with Bonnie blue and, uh, I've known Brady for a long time and I've done some like done some wedding stuff and done some gigs with Brady and uh, gotten to do some stuff with Isaac at festivals. But uh, when we were able to when that thing came together, man, it was like I get to play with the a boys. large amount of people that I've all you know, that I've really wanted to be in bands with. And yeah. it's just never worked out that way because of time and work. And all of a sudden I'm in a band with, you know. That's why I Six feel of my best friends. And well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I, that's, I okay. thought, that's what I do all the time. It's par for the course. Uh, 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 that's how I feel about going to festivals. <laughs> you want me to do that? <laughs> for those who are just listening to this, uh, no, Shane just put the mic in Billy's face. But the same point is that like, no. you never get to see your friends. You're like, no, like, I would go, agree with that. Go play. And then like when it's a festival, you're like, fuck yeah, we all got the weekend off. It's your turn to play. It's but your turn to play. these guys to play together, though. That's what's super cool I know. Cool and about so, that, it. Yeah. so I will say it's like... Everybody in the band is a band leader. Right. How's that so dynamic? It's uh sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. And um we're we're all very strong personalities and we all have our ideas of how we want things to go and um you know sometimes it just sometimes it just happens and then sometimes we we have to work it out and we have to compromise and say okay, well Next time we'll do it this way, but this time we're going to do it this way. And um, with everybody in the band writing songs, and I mean, even though Sean is, you know, not submitted a song as far as like with vocals and these are the lyrics, and Sean has, Sean has had his hand in every piece of arrangement that, you know, that has happened with Melody Trucks Band, and you know, is I think the way that we work together as a rhythm section, like. I don't know. That's 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 my favorite thing, man. Is like, Sean's one of my favorite drummers in the world. So the fact that I get to yeah, play great. with him, and then we get to put our stamp on something, and but then I get to put, you know, different melodic stamps on it because Brady's melodies are different than Willis's melodies, and um, Willis is different than than West, and then Isaac brings a whole another different thing to the table. You know, because Isaac, besides being a great harmonica player, also plays mandolin. So he has he has all these different mentalities, like this hip hop mentality and this beatbox mentality and this virtuoso harmonica mentality, which is not limited by the blues. Thank God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's it's, yeah, the blues are awful. No, no, it's not I, awful. It's just no, I think blues are amazing. Oh, it's just, pony. It's just dead. But I think no, <laughs> no I just I'm doing this for him. I'm sorry. Keep no, going. that's good. You, <laughs> you know, because I'm not. You guys are going to be here all night, and no, you sorry. know, you only have me for a limited time. I know. I'm yeah. Really sorry. <laughs> no, it's stop, okay. I'll stop talking. That's all right, man. I'll just love quit talking. it. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> so this one time, Billy was in our audience with the Melody Trucks band, and he just like he was losing his mind, and he's like, Anton told me about you guys, and. 
I didn't believe him, and now I think Anton's even cooler than I thought before. <sighs> That's so. I, I never knew he said that. I'm so ha- I'm so happy to hear that though. Yeah. I just it just reinforces what I already know to be true about our relationship is that I've just opened his eyes to a world. No, I think of unlike, knowledge. not unlike Paul Bunyan, I think most musicians enjoy a bunch of tall tales. <laughs> you know, I think it's all our time around the campfires <laughs> at festivals, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my opinion. But no, I mean, as and as far as the Doors, dude, Melody has just been the has made it the easiest band that we've ever been in. Like I, I've had to rough it with every other band, and the couple of years that we've done stuff with Melody, she has just made sure that everybody is comfortable, everybody's taken care of. I've been in situations with bands where, like. Okay, guys, I can go back here, but you can't go back here. But with Melody, it's always, hey, guys, this is my band. And then, you know, I mean, maybe it's somebody I've met before, but maybe it's somebody that I haven't. And, you know, that person might be O'Teal or that person might be, leave. I mean, like just all these, you know, anybody in the Allman Brothers family who had anything right. to do with that or the... The, the whole GABA thing or the big house thing and all those guys. I will say that like I knew Artemis Pyle when I first moved to Jacksonville, I met him at an open mic night and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And you know, he used to be, the, he was the drummer for Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And we were up in North Carolina and, um, he was at, uh, a venue there playing, playing with somebody. And, um, we had, we had seen him a couple different times in North Carolina, but one of the most amazing things, and I mean, like being somebody who was a fan of the Allman Brothers and a fan of Leonard Skinner and like growing up that way, Artemis Pyle sat in with the Melody Trucks band and played an Allman Brothers song. The drummer of Leonard Skinner played a freaking Allman Brothers song with us, dude. And like to Which, me, that's like the biggest compliment to Butch Trucks and the biggest, com- I mean, they were in... There's a bit of a rivalry there for yeah. a little while, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, even really fans, like fans are weird. Rivals and everything. They definitely, there definitely was because there was this, there was this element of the Almond Brothers that they were, that they were, they were Southern rock at the time, but they had this, this influence of jam music and then and there's jazz the, and, and jazz and all this other stuff. And Skinner was more Skinner's like rock and rock country. and roll and country. And same with Molly Hatchet. Like, yeah, but not, not not to say that they, that they didn't enjoy the other music or that they weren't open minded or anything. It was just I, I would say their fans. Their Fans, more, yeah, yeah, their fans are more vehement and like combative than the bands are. It was like Spore and Lucky Costello. I feel, yeah, exactly like it, like exactly it, like that. It's like a it's like <laughs> exactly. a, Venn, a Venn diagram. Now, now you said when you first way. joined the band, <laughs> the, the, you, you said when you first joined the band that you hated Spore. Can you talk a little bit more about I've that? I've never said that. I've never. You know, I, I kind of take offense to that because Spore are very good friends of mine. Like I, they're all good friends of mine too. <laughs> Well, that's what you say when the camera's running. Apparently, we're finding out the true story. (laughs) Tell us more. I fucking for fuck's sake, I have my own microphone. God damn it! No, I just learned this. Like, I was just kind of like a gorilla interviewer all of a sudden. Like, oh, uh, uh, so anyway, I've been all over the world. Tell me more. You're all right. Gotcha, gotcha, con. Uh, Now you figure it out. Oh yeah, now I figured it out. (laughs) Okay, Uh, this uh, this uh, is the Billy's Gotcha podcast now. About three years. I gotta say, it's been a very racist and and not so funny ride with this Has guy. Has every day made you as angry as today? Uh, no, no, no. But today's at top three. 
Top Billy, three. is Anton always this patronizing and condescending to you? I would say yes, and also 9-11 never happened. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> you, <laughs> is it true that you only wear a bathrobe for religious reasons? Uh, I don't believe in the Lord, but yes. I, was, I thought you were going to say you don't believe in bathing. <laughs> the, that's, or that's, true too. that's true, too. He doesn't believe in bathing. I uh, believe walking around <laughs> nude and smelling bad all the time. I want to. I feel like we. we oh my God. No. <laughs> I went. I feel like you. You said that I hated sport, and then I didn't get to defend my. I don't fucking hate sport. Why do you well, hate I mean, sports? I, I, I love sports. <laughs> I, <laughs> so it's just the band you don't like? Oh my God, <laughs> Joe. I'm sorry, Alex. You guys are my homies, man. I know. Like, I didn't know it was gonna Chris, be like this. Honig, bro. You got. We love I you know, guys. I know Joe uh, and Alex and Chris uh, and Steven more than. And I'm uh, why are you bragging about Billy your just, friends? B- Billy just, you know, Billy's a weird guy. I don't have to tell you. Anyways, unpopular opinions. He me. He's getting on. Uh, well, I, I think it was. I, a, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, it, was a, it was a mutual effort here. You, you haven't put in any effort into anything in years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, unpopular opinions. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, I gotta yeah, go to work. Yeah, Billy's got a real job that he has to get that back to. Question. So he's bragging again. No, he's know. bragging, That's bro. A he's got a real income. I really do want to ask you afterwards: yeah. Is uh, how, how do I quit my job and become a musician, please? Well, you have to enjoy not having money. Okay. Um, or at least be no, honestly, man, like just be okay. This, no, this is the real truth. Like, it's hard right now, but no, I'm uh, now I'm sick of my job when I don't get no, to like, do music like, on the like, weekends. Like, honestly, no bullshit. Like, yeah. I I had worked a bunch of retail jobs. I had worked a bunch of management jobs. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was making more money, definitely more money per hour, but more money as a musician than I would make at the job. Yeah. If I worked the regular job and my, my musician job, I, I was actually pretty comfortable, but I never, ever, ever got to see my kid, and I live with my kid. That's how and I'm I, feeling, man. So, Anton's not your child. <laughs> uh, thank but, God for but that. But no, I mean, but I mean, I just, I just had to, I had to say, okay, I am willing to not live beyond my means. Yeah, I'm willing to be able to pay my bills and hustle, and I will take what kind of gigs I can get to be able to play music and pay my bills and live with my family. And if something amazing like the Melody Trucks Band happens, or Inca Maya, or Dar- or Daryl Hans, or, or side hustle, or side hustle, or avail- just getting, or just, to go. or just, yeah, if I'm available to go and somebody needs a bass player, then that's that's even better for me because that's what I've been wanting to do since I was five. I'm so like, like the saddest, overworked, evil Knievel. <laughs> right now, you just gotta want to do it, man. And you make I the decision do to do it, and then you, it. and then it I just happens. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. That's yeah. Don't you be can't a, be scared. Basically, just don't be a bitch. It's all boils down to. No, I think I think now being cautious is one thing, but sometimes sometimes you do have to throw caution to the wind. Yeah. And if you're not causing anybody else any pain, if nobody is depending on you, yeah. There is nothing you keeping. There is nothing keeping you where you're at. I don't have any children I know about. Yeah, I like how you look at the camera. All right, so we can dive more into this afterwards. Let's get to unpopular opinions. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that advice. That's the same advice I've been giving you forever, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. He's got to hear from somebody else, though, because I my understand. word is mean shit. Yeah, I don't trust so you. So I've just been doing this for dimension. 10 years. I didn't no bring my notes tonight. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel uh, really protected right now. I will say that. Uh, where? So uh, cranium. Good. <laughs> <laughs> unpopular opinion number one for me. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza is no bueno. 
I might actually. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, pineapple on pizza. It's 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 refreshing. I kind of like it. It's gross. It's an abomination. It and should I just not. Just don't, don't call it pizza. Pie. I just, think just call a Hawaiian pie. Nope, How about that. Nope. Nope. I will say that. I am not as much a fan of ham and pineapple or Canadian yeah. bacon pineapple, yeah. but Put some barbecue sauce. No, no, sir. Ew. No, what? no. Yeah, here's here's sauce, my favorite. Pineapple on pizza. No pepper. It's no not pizza. Pepperoni, bud. pineapple, and banana peppers. I go. love banana peppers. So and, pepperoni, and pepperoni, pineapple, and banana nope. peppers. Pineapple. No, Take you got to do it with the tomato sauce. Just pepperoni, pineapple, banana peppers. It's it's really good. It's gross. It's. You know, I love pepperoni and banana peppers. Take the pineapple. I thought out you were going to say you love pepperoni and mayonnaise. That's Ew, weird. That sounds that's cr- weird. That's I see what you're doing there, and that's not what's I happening. Say, I here. wasn't implying you hadn't yeah. sliced it first. I thought that was your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like Bill. pepperoni only if it's sliced. Right. <laughs> <What's>, uh, <laughs> in a sack. All right, uh, what's your uh, first? Shane, are you big uh, uh, Jaguars fan? I am not a big sports fan. Well, I, I was like local sports. Yeah, I could do sports ball. I feel like that's what I got to do too. If I'm gonna go full musician, I've got to also. I like Minshew sports. though, dude. Gardner Minshew, he's a rock star. Well, anyways, my unpopular opinion is Jaguars are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody here gets that. I, no, I think you know what? I don't think I don't it. think that's unpopular in Jacksonville. I think that's probably everybody wants that. To well, happen. if you've not been following sports news, we just gave away our uh, best running back and. The top receiver. Was it Herschel Walker? <laughs> I'm really happy that you know who that is. But Who's no. That? That's uh, the right fielder. This is why we can't hang out and get along. <laughs> it's and a meet pitcher? Eye eye. It's a shortstop, right? Herschel Walker? First baseman? For the dogs. You don't know who Herschel Walker is. Catcher? Okay, all right. Anyways, Just he saying. did. Anyways. I don't know The whole point about is this is they gave away their best player and uh, 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 are literally – Except they didn't give away Minshew because Minshew's the best. Six-round six draft pick. Uh, I like Minshew. He's a, great, he's a great guy. I would love to hang out with him. We're going to get him on the podcast after he get kiss up, you know, kicks off the team. I think he would do it right now. I feel like he would I think this is a, Hey, this is a shout-out to Gardner Minshew. <laughs> this is the like, second shout-out, We liked your Bud Light commercial. <laughs> yes, we, it was so good. He's a dude, you, th- you think that Bud Light's going to help you get the number one fantasy football pick, but it's it's being right here. <laughs> Have you seen right it yet? Have you seen it it's yet? It's fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll, I'll show it to you later. But it's I think you need hilarious. to be right here yeah. on the Side Hustle show. It, I, uh, bottom of the bill. We need Gardner. Side Hustle's bottom of the bill. Name. Side Hustle's okay. bottom of the bill. Yeah. So um, my second unpopular opinion is the only acceptable way to serve a bourbon or a whiskey on Hang the on. rocks Hang on. is with big cubes uh, or spheres if you if i go to a bar and i ask for a bourbon on the rocks and uh-huh. you give me a fucking cup of crushed ice with a shot of whiskey i might have a fucking problem you can tell that he's born and raised in kentucky for sure well you know i will say that not every, try me like that not ever everybody again. has <laughs> at their at their home not everybody has the big Ice cube, but that's fine. At your home, it's different. I do, no, if you I go do to a have bar. a few friends who have introduced me to the gentleman's cube. <laughs> yes, you need the gentleman's cube. Uh, it's it's a diff- It's if, a game changer. If not, three or four big ice cubes, at again at your house. But no, no yeah, crushed ice, cube, yeah. ice cubes never. You, you you need you need a gentleman's ice cube. And, at that point, and you and might as well drink it, it straight up. And it needs, it needs to be crystal clear, right? Because that means there's no pockets of air in there that dilute the ice quick. Right, you need to, it needs to this just be like a solid. Uh, it sounds like y'all ain't from Kentucky. I don't, bro. I'll drink <laughs> it, it, it if if you don't drink it that way, then drink it straight up. Billy you know said what? he drinks it out of the barrel's teat. 
Yeah, that's uh, what I do. He, it's, uh, uh, he actually doesn't because he drinks all of his bourbon with Coke. I do, because I, like, I like it sweet. I like it, I sweet. Like it straight up because I'm a fucking man. Uh, you're a <laughs> reptilian. We are confirmed this. You're not a man. Fucking S- man. Secondly, uh, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to make a Kentucky cocktail, which is uh, a okay. shot, shot of Maker's Mark and uh, ALA, only available uh, ginger ale in uh, Kentucky. You make it in your mouth. Guys are fucking I thought it was it's like, is that like a brass money. Yeah, you guys are living in fucking 1920. No, that's okay. I can't stand it. Don't, 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 don't try to fix bourbon. It's already perfect. No, no. Bourbon's perfect, right? But if you're, if you're going to put it on the rocks, then make sure you got a nice fat gentleman's ice cube or sphere and just give a me one or two sphere? rocks. Are you serious? Saying. I just don't want a fucking cup of crushed ice that's going to yeah, water down uh, okay, my shot. Okay, all right. I get it. Well, That's my unpopular opinion. Obviously, it's very unpopular. No one here agrees with me, so I'm just saying. Drink it straight up. Yeah, no, that's what I'm I would saying. Agree. I mean, I would say that the smoothest way I've drank bourbon or scotch is with a nice fat ice cube. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's ice, right there. That's blasphemous. That's blasphemous to bourbon. Just saying. No, Anyways, what's your unpopular opinion? Your is, second one. Is, oh, I like it because it's like uh, uh, I like the the fancy stuff. You like the water. You, you don't like to I'm taste red, the bourbon. And then I'm redneck as fuck. Like really reunity on ice. <laughs> you don't like. You just don't like bourbon. That's all it is. That's why he mixes it with Coke and put it a with a shit ton of ice. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm just saying, yeah, with, with Coke <laughs> and a bunch of ice. Do what you gotta do, man. I gotta do. All right. Uh, shit, we're still on the second one. I we're on your unpopular opinions. Uh, uh, my second unpopular opinion is extremely unpopular. I almost feel bad saying this. I'm just, I'm tired of Star Wars. Yeah, who cares? Star Wars is dumb anyways. I don't even want to get The Mandalorian it. is good. If you've not seen The Mandalorian, tired it's pretty it. fantastic. I, I just don't, uh, I just want it to be over. I want it, it's so funny how they've had like three different uh, franchises. Disney needs to make their money back in their investment, bro. Uh, I'm just saying. Four billion dollars to George Lucas. Anyways, it's the whole point insane. is this, is like, they've, they've like been like, all right, this is the end. And like, Do you cool. think? George Lucas yeah. should have a new. Star Wars on my wall. He should have Star his. Wars. Don't you think he should like go somewhere other than the stars and like say like f you to Disney and be like Dirt Wars or like what? Go Mad Max. Ocean Wars. O- Waterworld. Uh, no more than that, more than that. Like oh, George Lucas. Come on, think George Lucas, Spielberg, like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, but better than Waterworld. What else? Better is than there? Mad Max. There's no, he needs to they have. They should a s- remake Waterworld. I think Mandalorian. <laughs> I agree with that. Mandalorian is kind of like Kevin the Mad Costner Max of Star Wars. Can't find work right now. <laughs> Don't you know? Waterworld, Don't you think the apocalypse. It'll be like fifty years in the future. Mandalorian is kind of the Mad Max of Star Wars. I didn't yeah. watch Mandalorian. No, so I don't good. know. Well, and then he's also—it's also kind of the. He's uh, also never seen Mad Max either. It's I also saw like Mad the Max. Clint Eastwood. Of Star Wars. That's with Charlie's like, Throne. What? With Charlie's Throne. Oh, you saw the new one? No, I didn't see that one. No, I watched the old I one. I knew you didn't. No, I, I watched the old one. Yeah, I didn't watch the new one. Which one? Like with Mel Gibson back in the day. I, I, I don't The first you. one. The very first Where one? Where he's like riding in, uh, in the Jeep in the, the in first desert. first one's called Real Warriors. No, this, that's the second one. No, yeah. Mad Max was the second one, I thought. Matt, it, Thunder- and then it was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, so that's the Thunderdome. It's Mad Max, Road Tina Warrior, Turner. and then Thunderdome. Okay. Yeah, I saw Thunderdome. What? With, not with Tina Turner. Theron. That's Tina Turner. Obviously, I was joking with Charlie. That's the new one. Why would I they say look that I similar? Saw... You know, it's a, it's a... <laughs> no, Charlize had a long run with Ike Turner. 
Yeah, that, this podcast is that wild. Might, that might be my unpopular. <laughs> that might be my unpopular hold opinion. You got hold. Just you got to save your. I, I'm about to do my last one. And I was like, wait, look here, I've, Charlie May. <laughs> I've got <laughs> this podcast is gonna get us canceled. Yeah, for sure. whatever. That's I'm just fine. saying. I'm into I'll, it. I'll, I'll, at least I'll be free my, on Sundays. Yeah, hey, well, I got, my, uh, I got, a, I got another one after you, though. Yeah, obviously you got another one after I do. My, my you got one too. My third one. Uh, but save it. My last one for this episode. <laughs> All <laughs> All my <laughs> So good. All my opinions are popular. <laughs> if you so didn't good. hear them, um, that's a good unpopular opinion. <laughs> well, Sean would disagree with that. that. Hold on. Uh, d- uh, I I I don't want to hear about any more fucking jam bands. I'm over it. What? I'm over it. You like math rock? Because there's this band I've been. Yeah, listening I listened to them earlier today. They were great. Bubble math. Yeah, they were awesome. I love bubble that. Math. Bubble math. They're gonna make you feel dumb, but it. they're really good. I, do you I, like Do you like battles? Like like game battles the the band battles I haven't heard them oh my god too nerdy listen well, if you what, like math I'm rock not, I'm the thing cool is enough. the thing is with you jam like, bands like is that they, they, they they sound like a reincarnation of either the Grateful Dead Fish or the Almond Brothers what it, give me something new give me something new is I'm gonna I'm introduce you into the think, to the well, disco biscuits then they suck no I would say Garage Mahal is jammy but Ooh. they I love Garage Mahal that's a great qu- what happened to Skerrick where is he. What are you talking about? Skerrick, the saxophone player. That is a good question. I didn't think he played with Garage Mahal. I thought he did. Eckhart. Well, um, where'd he go? I don't know. I, last time I saw him was like, I saw him playing with the Dead Kenny G's. Yes. Uh, yeah. Look at Jack. While, we opened though. up for him at Jackrabbit. When look, look at what, what, when when it when it comes to the context of like of bands like that that are that are doing like a form of jazz. With yeah. improv sections, that's different versus like you know I, I like Spafford, man, but it's like no, so you, you don't like just, Noodle Jam. I, yeah, that that's a very good way to describe it. Noodle. I don't care about. It. I'm I'm over it. I would agree with that. Just please what stop do you, doing it. Do something at different this point, now. What do you listen to then? I don't even know, man. Yeah, is it I'm just, trying to find something to listen is it, to. Is it just like give us your comments on uh, uh, bottom of the bill at gmail.com. Tell me something so to listen to. I just to. discovered a new. Um, I just, they're not new. They're a South Korean funk band from the '70s called Funky Coop. Yeah, they're crazy. C-O-U-P. Yeah. I can show you a really great uh, funk band. Uh, uh, I can't remember his uh, uh, first name, but Hansano from Japanese. This okay. funk album from the seventies. Oh, you showed me that. It was perfect. Good. I'll show it to you later. I'm down. Have you guys Hansano. listened to? Uh, there, there's a there's a group called uh, Elder Island, which is like a electronic kind of Fleetwood Mac meets like a Krongbin kind of thing. Know, I like that. They're but great. You know, music from the Elder is probably my favorite Kiss album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cool. Kiss fuck. Just dude. saying. Either way, man, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of jam bands. You're tired of all music. Apparently. Of noodle jam band. Yeah, I really. That's why I listened to the fucking Duo Lipa album. I was blown you know away he by. Just it wants I just more th- room to solo. He's I like, need. I'm tired of all your jam bands. I need more room to solo. <laughs> yeah, Jeez, that's please. what I want. Because the more space that you need to play guitar, the better I'm gonna sound. And he's like, Billy, <laughs> shut up. All right, no, Bill, what's your last one? <laughs> this is my favorite one that I've ever written. I don't like podcasts. I don't even watch them. I don't even watch them. Or listen to them. Or Wait, just... is this a podcast or is this a vlog? <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is At this point, I don't know what the fuck this, this episode is. Uh, is this I'm is not trying to hate. This is three guys in a fucking trap house in Riverside. A trap house. Like Billy doesn't even know what drugs are. I don't even feel trapped Anyways. right now. <laughs> what's yeah. your unpopular opinion, bro? Oh, yeah. What's your last one? If you have one. Do you have one? My favorite what? thing is that, that you said I don't... 
all my all my opinions are popular. That is the funniest unpopular well, I mean, opinion this ever. Is, this is going to go right along with the monument, the obelisk to my modesty. You know, I don't know what that means. The well, they're building an obelisk to my modesty. In a an park. obelisk is a large shaped building. Okay. Uh, uh, in this type it's of a, a monument. Pillar. It's not got a face on it, so it won't offend anybody. But okay. It's it's only because of the amount of humility that I have. They're giving me a award. <laughs> Were they giving you an award for being so humble? The most. The most. The most. You're getting the most humble award. I am. Like, I never. I I, I want to let you know. No, it's you a, deserve it. You know, I would say <laughs> no. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, there's no more modest than I. But I mean, <laughs> there's. I'm just saying, like, I don't brag, but there's nobody more humble than I am. And that's why they're they're setting me up with an obelisk. We just lost the camera. Oh, we did, finally. Well, you know what? That's the way it is. No, no, it doesn't end. It's still going. We're still recording, actually. It's still, it's still it's just going. We don't have the fucking you know, I did just watch Poltergeist, and that was pretty neat. Oh, but man, <laughs> that movie was uh, 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 the first horror movie I ever watched when I was a kid. I, me too. Like, the, the way thir- too young. Yeah. Uh, and, that and, and Terminator. Like, both those messed me up. But, like, seven or eight years old, jacked up. Jacked uh, up. Uh, I remember but, Judgment but Day. Poltergeist scared me legit. For um, sure. That was uh, my favorite unpopular opinion that's ever been on this show, by I the way. I still don't like eating maggot chicken after watching that show. Like, yeah, I'm not sometimes. a huge fan of maggot chicken either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crawling steak. <laughs> guys, to their own, though. Uh, everybody. No, like You guys seem to enjoy it. It didn't seem to be that unpopular of an opinion. I, what, was, a, what was it anyways? You all my opinions getting, are popular. Oh, that, that, that was it. I thought you were. And the, the fact that he's humble as fuck. The most. He's the most humble That's guy. That's your ever. unpopular opinion. Is that you're the most humble person? <laughs> and more, that well, more than you. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. All right, guys. Thank you everybody for tuning in. It's been another episode of Bottom of the Bill. Thanks to Shane Platten for being in here today, uh, and Billy for wearing that stupid Support fucking local music. helmet. Do you, this uh, helmet. Do you know how much this helmet is worth on eBay? Uh, thanks Over to all of our sponsors. Make sure you <laughs> make sure hey, you could, check out all of our sponsors. Could I say that? Um, Supporting um, live music right now is like the song Roxanne because you got to put on your red light. You got to put on your red. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Uh, support all live music right now. Yeah, Roxanne's uh, great. Make sure you check out Southern Grill downtown every uh, Wednesday. Every Wednesday night yeah. it's the greatest open mic night, jam night. Bring it out. We're gonna do all kinds of live music, I'm and a, everybody's I'm welcome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. We gotta to hit it I gotta work at eight thirty, but you tell me how to quit my job up there. You, well, you know, the first start is having confidence in yourself. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> All right. Adios, muchachos.